another episode of the planet fantasy podcast and we're your hosts damon and kyle how's it going man it's good man how are you i'm great it's a great saturday you know a good saturday recording i'm not sure when this is going to get posted but shang shang chi was amazing it was fantastic and that's all i can think about really right now so hopefully i can do this podcast justice how about you uh of course our awesome ho- uh, guest today, we have two. We have Leah coming back after the Oscar snubs draft, and then we have Ryan, who is you know here just always pretty much. <laughs> you can just expect a Ryan pod right around the corner. How's it? How's it going, guys? Going good. It's cooler. It's finally cooling off, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Really, that doesn't sound here right. It <laughs> it's it's still hot here. <laughs> I'm yeah, so I, I think we got the heat from where Leah is here, so because it was definitely warmer today than it has been. Sorry. <laughs> so, uh, before we start today's episode, let's just go around a quick, uh, you know, asking everybody, what have y'all been watching lately? Uh, Leah? Um, so, old stuff, I have kind of been dabbling in, like, rewatches. I just finished a rewatch, re-re-rewatch of Buffy, um, which is always a good time. Um, it hit me in like one of the last episodes of season seven, then in one episode, every single one of, uh, Joss I, I was going to say, Kyle, Kyle has not finished the series yet. <laughs> I was about I'm to make a joke about it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but, uh. Okay. Then I won't say anything. Yes. <laughs> okay. Then I didn't I won't? hear anything. I just heard season seven and ripped my headphones off. So we're, I think we're okay, good. Okay. I, I didn't finish my <laughs> sentiment, so I will not. I will not. Um, but when you finish, I had an observation and it hit me like a lightning kind of thing. And it was very interesting. Um, so other than that, uh, I watched all of Wayne on Amazon Prime, which is so much fun. So good. Yes. Yes, Leah suggested it to me and it's fucking incredible. Wayne, what is that? Um, (laughs) so. Yeah, how do you describe it? (laughs) It's this kid who's in who's in basically in like Southie in Boston and he's 15, 16, something like that. And he's kind of like a Robin Hood figure who basically just gets his ass beat all the time. Um, and he it, it's not a it's not a spoiler or anything. His father dies um, and he goes on a mission to Florida to go get like his dad's like gold Trans Am back. And on the way he just gets his ass beat constantly <laughs> and he beats ass constantly and it is so much fun and it's i highly recommend it it's only a half hour or whatever and it's mm-hmm. it, the soundtrack's great it's got the kid from sing street in it it's got the uh, the insurance guy i can't think of his name but it also kind of makes you want to talk with a boston accent i find when i watch it a few times in a row so that was a problem for me but I don't know if that'll be a problem for anyone else. So. Do you think you're better than us? Do you think you're better than us right now, Leah? Do you think you're better than us? <laughs> I, I will give that a shot. Pop culture likes to think that people named Wayne really like to fight, so I'm here for it. 
This kid's true. good at it. So I mean, he's also not great at it. So it's both. <laughs> Ryan, what's what's been on your binge rotation lately? Yeah, so a couple things um, for like new stuff. Uh, I've been watching, keeping up with What If and Ted Lasso. Um, and then for rewatches, uh, I've been watching Alias. Um, I had never seen it, and I had gotten the first season on my iPad like a million years ago, and just never watched it. And so I decided to watch. Um, so that's been interesting. Uh, it's a young Bradley Cooper's in the show, which I did not know. And so, oh yeah. That's, uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then I'm also watching Cowboy Bebop. Um, I watched some of Great that show. growing up. I don't think I watched every episode, but I'm trying to get through it before the live action Netflix comes on. So that looks really cool. I- I've been meaning to watch it myself. I'm really bad about watching the old anime classics that I keep telling myself I'll watch. I'll stare at Akira for like yeah. 30 minutes and then be like okay let me watch something else and and just never never hit the button never commit but mm-hmm. good good on you for watching it are you enjoying it yeah i am it's a really fun um like space western bounty hunter noir kind of um thing so yeah i'm, uh, I'm definitely enjoying it that's an interesting hybrid i dig it kyle <laughs> what's been on your rotation uh so for new stuff i've been Kind of like, I wouldn't say slowly, but I've been working my way through Harley Quinn for the first time, and it's just, it's fucking incredible. It's so good. Uh, I didn't think I could love King Shark more after the Suicide Squad, but he's so funny in Harley Quinn. Um, yeah, it's great. And then as far as everything else, like, I've, I'm still doing Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but I'm taking just a really long time with it. I'm still in season one. It's almost because, like, now I just want to take forever because now i know there's it's it's ending so it's like i'm just gonna take my sweet time with it and like pace myself and get to the end of it eventually but i'll catch up soon i i did i thought i was gonna be able to catch up to like watch the ending live when it aired that's not gonna happen i'm still in season one (laughs) so that's not gonna happen but i'm enjoying it so far they are like i didn't realize they were gonna do the two episode a week yeah drop and so, like, I've watched eight episodes of the first season already, and it seems like it's just, like, just started. It's a, it's a good season. It's a, it's a mixed bag, but there's some good stuff about it. Uh, I can't wait for you to catch up, uh, Kyle, whenever you eventually do at some point in the future. Um, I love that damn show. Um, I've been watching, uh, catching up on American Horror Story, Red, Red Tide, and it's, a uh, so far... It's promising to be one of my favorite American Horror Story seasons, um, but that doesn't mean it will be because they're notorious at having really bad endings, and they're they're like the J.J. Abrams of uh, TV shows, you know, start strong. Don't and say just... that. Ryan's watching Alias. <laughs> <laughs> I will Don't say I've never seen Ryan. Alias, so I, I've I've heard good things about that show. Um, I just finished Always Sunny. You know, just an update, of course. Um, and I just started the Dragon Prince yesterday. So oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, I love show. the animation and art on that. I love the characters, the fighting, and the the idea of the magic. I can't wait to see all the different like other sources and the nexuses for like every single like primal uh, source. I can't, you know. And then what they're gonna do? I'm hoping they do like a time jump from season three to four. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's what I'm doing, and. Uh, I can't, I, you know, can't wait to watch more stuff. Uh, that's just what I do, because there's nothing else to do in life. But enjoy 
nerd content. Um, all right. Y'all ready for this draft? Yes, sir. Yeah. Starting up all a right. new series today, huh? Yes, Kyle, what is that series? Yeah, so we are starting a new series, The Stewards of Sound. We have talked about movies and TV, so we're jumping to the music game. Um, basically the same concept. We are talking about decades starting in the 1950s this time instead of the 60s. Uh, each of us get six picks for basically the songs that we think define the decade. However, we want to go about that. You know, we talked earlier before we started recording about like cultural significance. I'm sure will come in as a factor, but also just about the general vibes. Like the ones I picked are just the songs that I I listen to the most and I go back to a lot, um, especially for the 50s, which is a decade that I just don't I don't listen to a lot of music from the 50s. So these are the ones that I go back to quite a bit. Um, yeah, we each get six picks instead of four because when you're talking about songs, it doesn't really take as long as talking about like a TV show or a movie. Uh, so we afforded ourselves a little bit more. Um, yeah, and just only qualifiers has, had to come out in the decade that we're talking about in the 50s. And I think that's pretty much it. Did I miss anything, David? No, that, that's pretty much it. You know, uh, you use your own criteria for how you want to draft and if we have any questions, we'll, we'll go from there. Um, Kyle and I had a discussion about covers earlier. Um, and essentially, covers are on the board if you want to draft one. It, it, you know, as long as it's by that artist and it was released in the 50s, that's your pick, then that's okay. Um, and yeah, uh, did y'all have any questions? I don't think so. No. Now, I have a question for everyone. Kyle, we hadn't talked about this, but did we want to do a different list game? On the fly, real quick, since this is a a musical episode. Ooh, so like a music themed list game. Of course, you know, I, it would only it would feel weird to do a movie list game right now. That's we're about fair. To talk. So, uh, I was just thinking, I have no idea to be completely honest. Uh, to be honest, <laughs> um, classic. So, we could uh, any suggestions, anyone. I could have done this off air, but, you know, I thought it'd be so fun to see everyone into our creative uh, process. Uh, if you just want to do, like, ABCs of bands? Just ABCs of bands? Okay. I don't know. Maybe it, I feel like it's still gone for a while, but maybe not. I don't know. Did we want to try to limit it to the bands of the 50s and then have discussions on... That I feel like those are two extremes. Like ABCs of bands is like it'll take twenty minutes, and then bands yeah. of the fifties. I can think of like two off the top of my head, and I have six songs. <laughs> I mean, you so, know, we're here for a good time, not a long time. <laughs> I'm I'm down for whatever. It's up to y'all. Yeah. As the guests, Leah and Ryan, what would y'all like to? Uh, do for this round for this episode i don't know i feel on the spot i was prepared for movies so now i'm not sure <laughs> oh you know that's very fair did we want to do movies did we want to do a music musical movie inspired list game then Ooh. have we done a musical musicals? list game i feel like, like we movie have musicals we've done I, it once we, we did so. it for soundtracks but it was a long time ago so it's possible to do it again sure i'm down for that sure Okay. okay. All so right. Movie musicals. Yes. Sounds good. Uh, Ryan, you can start us off, and then Leah, and then uh, I can go third, and Kyle can go last. 
Um, okay, I'll go with the king and I. Uh, Sound of Music. West Side Story. Uh, Ryan's gonna hate me, the Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> I am. You, uh, God. <laughs> uh, Les Miserables. Uh, Rocky Horror. Grease. Grease 2. That's a good movie right there. I like Grease too. We talked about this before on this podcast. That is a good movie. Yeah, Damon's uh, a big defender of Grease too. I'm with you, Damon. Cool, 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 rider. C O O L. Mamma Mia. Uh, Mamma Mia too. Oh, here we go. Again. There's a subtitle there. Oh, oh my bad. I don't know the subtitle. Damon so, gave yeah. you the subtitle. Sorry, guys. <laughs> it was just natural. Um, that's fine. I mean, that's the title. Mamma Mia 2 is fine. Uh, oh, it's Damon. Oh, yeah, it, it's me, dude. Um, Dewey Cox. Nice. Um, Xanadu. <laughs> uh, West Side Story. That I already was, said that. Yeah, you did? Oh, okay. Um... Or do you Rent. mean the unreleased movie? Wait, what was that? <laughs> Rent. Rent. Uh, Spinal Tap. All I can think about is Strong Chi right now. If only that was a musical. <laughs> That'd be a badass musical, y'all. Would have somehow made it better. There's so many musicals, and, and I'm just like, nope. Uh, singing in the Rain? Dancing in the Rain, I mean. Uh, no, you had it right the first time. Just because, yes. Uh, Mary Poppins. Oh, gosh. Kyle, you're killing me. <laughs> um, Jersey Boys? Nice. Good movie. Uh, My Fair Lady. A Star is Born? We'll just say that's all of them, so we can't All of them. A Star is Born, 1954. A Star is Born, 2019 or 18. All the iterations. All of them. Um, Mary Poppins Returns. Um, does La La Land count? Yeah. Yeah. People sing. <laughs> uh, cats. Is that a movie? <laughs> oh, it's something. Yeah. Oh, it was. It was a. I, I still haven't watched it yet. I'm. Should I? Make sure you're very inebriated. Yeah. Yeah. That. Bed knobs and broomsticks. Nice. Um, I mean, it hasn't been released yet, but Dear Evan Hansen, does that count? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Out next sure. month. <laughs> I've seen, like, approximately that trailer ten t times today. Oh, my gosh. So many times. I'm so over it. Five. 
four, three, two. Yeah, I got nothing. One. Ryan is out. I am not the first one out. That is a win for me. I feel like you were the favorite going into this. <laughs> Leah. Oh, uh, Newsies. Nice. Josie and the Pussycats? Mm-hmm. Um, White Christmas. Uh, Dream Girls. The Lion King. Um, Holiday Inn. Mm. Uh, Waitress? The movie wasn't a musical. The musical okay. was based on it, though. Chicago, then. Nice. Moulin Rouge. Oh. Great movie. Um, let's see. Uh, the Greatest Showman. Uh, Oliver Twist. Beauty and the Beast. Annie. Uh, Sing Street. School of Rock. Nice. Uh, once. Uh, Full Monty. You know what? I've never thought about this before, but I'm going to say it just to see if y'all accept it. The mask. The mask? The mask. It's been too long since I've seen it for me to make a judgment call. I don't I have no clue. <laughs> yeah, same. Oh, there, there's is there, like two, is there a musical number in it? There's three different musical numbers. Oh, OK. I'd say there's more than one then it then it counts. Like, you have the Cuban Pete scene with all the cops. You have the dancing scene with Cameron Diaz. That's two. I think there was one. Oh, maybe. The mask. The mask. Yeah, Jim Carrey. I'm, like, playing, like, a mask with, like, Eric Stoltz. <laughs> like, I just have to Wow. Um, okay, I'll, I'll just pick something else. But I, I, for some reason, no, I, I was with it. I was mask. with it. Um. Um, I can't think of anything. We can count it. I'm, I'm going to take your word for it just because I haven't, like, it's been so I don't remember a single thing from that movie. You should go watch it because that movie is amazing. I love that movie. Um, okay, fine, then I'll take it. I, I won't argue. <laughs> Mask. Kyle. Alright. Um...
my mothership has arrived to take me home um, <laughs> to go across the universe. Ah. Oh, I can't believe I <laughs> get fucked, Damon. <laughs> Fuck you, man. I almost said once, but I just wanted to let you say it because I wanted everyone at home <laughs> to take a shot. Exactly. <laughs> uh, seven brides for seven brothers. Nice. This is turning into is that a, a Mormon musical game. <laughs> um, Aladdin. All right. I mean, are we just gonna list every Disney movie? Because we can't. We can do that. <laughs> I'm waiting for y'all to say <laughs> no. Those were fine, but I feel like there's got to be a line somewhere. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> We'll draw. We'll draw it there. Uh, let's see. Oh man. Five. Four. Three. Not two. Nothing. That's it. All right. Leah. Uh, Pirates of Penzance. Little Shop of Horrors. Ooh, that's a good one. Mm -hmm. uh, the Commitments. Hustle and Flow. Eight Mile. Kyle's gonna love this Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Fuck that movie. Everyone go vote in Micah's bracket and make sure it doesn't go through to round two. Right now. I, go I do agree. it. Yeah, no, it should not. <laughs> at all. Uh, Rocket Man, then. Okay. The better one. The so much better one. <laughs> Almost famous. Uh, Kiss Me Kate. I don't think I have any more. Um, Five, four, Superman three, the music should exist. Two, one. I wish. Go listen Go to my green light podcast back. about it. I talk all about it. Should it be? It should be a thing. Okay, <laughs> Leah, you are the winner. Do I have to name one more, or am I good? No, because uh, I went last in the okay. round, so you already cool. named yours for the round. Yeah. I was going to say, I had one more, so. Oh, who is it? Uh, Gigi? It, yeah. Yeah. You know, that Holy classic. Shit. Role, so. Oh, the producers. God damn it, I forgot the producers. Oh, duh. I mean, there's a lot wow. that we didn't think Oh, of. there's so many. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot Sweeney Todd. I was mad about that. Oh, good one. Oh, yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. okay. All right, Leah. What's the order of our draft today? Um... Oh, I haven't done this before. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go first because there's only one of my songs that I feel like might be more people would want. Um, the other ones I don't think people are going to give a shit about. Um, <laughs> uh, after that, I guess I'll just go in the order in which we got knocked out. So Damon, Kyle, Ryan. I don't. Okay. 
I don't know how to do this judiciously. So. <laughs> that's a fair, I feel like that's a fair, rather fair way to do it, you know? The only thing, uh, I, I'm sorry, Ryan. No, it's fine. I, yeah. All right. All right. So, first pick of our new series, Stewards of Sound. What's that pick, Leah? Okay. So it's from 1957. Um, it was his first major hit record, um, and it's a huge, like, model for rock and roll, what it is. Um, uh, it's one of the first, like, big crossover artists on a lot of different platforms and different, um, charts and whatnot, uh, but it's Little Richard's Tutti Frutti. Um, it's the first time we ever get one of his, like, woo kind of things, which is a historical moment in itself. Um... Yeah, I mean, it's a number one top record that changed the fucking world, basically. Mm-hmm. And it's how can you not want to, like, get up and jam to it? It's it's He did an amazing job of bringing um, a, a live show, like, frenetic energy and stuff, like, into a record. And that was, like, one of the first times that that had ever really been fully accomplished. So, that's... that's I, my- I, I, I hate you right now, so I won't talk... <laughs> Um, Kyle, how do you feel about Tutti Frutti? I love it. I it wasn't on my board, so I'm okay. But uh, it, yeah, this is a great song. It is just like you said. I mean, it, it literally changed the genre, but just music in general. I feel like I feel like a theme that we're gonna have for this episode is just stuff that you want to dance to, and this is definitely like the epitome of that. I mean, this song comes on, and it's just. I've got to, yeah, I've got, I, as terrible as I am at dancing, I have to do something. I have to, even if it's just like moving my foot, uh, I, I, I love this song. And uh, like I said earlier, there's not a whole lot from the 50s that I go back and like listen to again. And this is definitely one that I, I will. So um, there's also a lot of like, it's interesting. There's either artists who just had banger after banger or there's people who just had one hit and that's mm-hmm. it. Like, I feel like it's, there's two extremes there, and Little Richard seemed to have like quite a discography that started. I don't know if he was in the 40s, but certainly like blew up in the 50s. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a great pick. Yeah, this was my number two, and I'm sad that I didn't get it. Um, I love Little Richard. His energy is infectious. Like you know, he's just there by the piano, but his body's just moving the entire mm-hmm. time. Uh, watching like the old clips of him being on the on the show with him and his band and like they're just so in such a groove with like all the horn players and everything um i i grew up on you know i grew up on 50s and 60s music uh along with rock music um and so like i i love that kind of super upbeat happy um really just dancey music and like i just love to think back that the fact that at the time, this was very provocative. Mm-hmm. And just really how things change over the decades. And we're going to see that with songs, I, I think, uh, doing this podcast. That's going to be really interesting. Yeah. Um, make that song today, and it's like, okay, this is, you know, this is fun, but it's a very modest song. Uh, back then, it was literally like dropping, it was like Little Nas X doing uh, Montero, <laughs> uh, essentially. Uh, it was that kind of uh, divisiveness. It was, it was that much polarizing. And so just a super fun, amazing song. It was like really one of the songs that helped define early rock and roll, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so, yeah, I'm mad. I love this song so much. Um, Ryan, how do you feel about Tutti Fruity? Yeah, um, it's it's really good. Uh, it's a really good choice. Um, this one was on my list as well, uh, though it was a bit lower, so I don't feel too bad. Um, but yeah, it's I mean, Little Richard was you know a, a pioneer um, in rock and roll, and it's it's a great song. Uh, unlike Damon, I did not grow up on '50s music, so uh, the first time I saw Little Richard actually was uh, when he was on that episode of Full House. <laughs> yes. Um, but then I, I did get to learn some of his songs later on, and, and yeah, this is definitely a, a great one. I dig it. Yeah. Um. So you mentioned the thing about like Lil Nas X and how it like it, this was the extreme. So the original lyrics were actually even more extreme, a little bit more like Lil Nas X. They actually changed it. Um. Because yes, they were very. They were very homosexual and whatnot in nature. Um, I mean, it was tutti fruity, good booty, um, and something about greasing things up to make things fit better. So, <laughs> so it was even more extreme than what actually was recorded. So that was yeah. Was that actually wouldn't fly today either. I don't <laughs> think by by the conservative standards, um, yes. unfortunately. Um, Little Nas X has pretty much done that. So. <laughs> I, I, I'm still mad. I love that this got picked. I think that's a very worthy number one overall pick for this draft. Mm-hmm. And I have to figure out what to pick for my first one. But before that, we're going to go to a quick break. Welcome back from break. We are talking about the 1950s in music. Leah just uh, got the first pick of the draft, Breaking Damon's Heart with Tutti Fruity by Little Richard. And now we are to Damon for his first pick. What you got for us, man? Okay. So, while I am sad, that still wouldn't have been the pick I would make right here. Because I feel like, it, just to me, one song is is slightly above it, okay? Like, it's like 1A, 1B, okay? It really is. It's Johnny Be Good. Chuck Berry. Like, <laughs> and I see defeated faces, and it shows me it is the right pick, and I love it. Give me that pain. I love it like a feed on it thank you so much um this song is so good it's so energetic like i said which is going to be i think the theme of a lot of these songs um it's iconic i mean it's in back to the future which is one of the best funnest scenes in any movie ever it's it's so fun uh the lyrics are super fun it's it's honestly one of the first like songs about being a musician or being a rock star you know about playing a guitar and getting you know making it big that's a really cool aspect of it but really it's just a fun song it's it says louisiana which always makes me happy a happy person you know shout out to the boot who that um (laughs) and i don't know like a, a lot of things about music is to me unexplainable you know um, it, it's more about feeling and emotion, and I think this song just elicits tons of, you know, not to be punny, good feelings. Um, so, I don't know, you know, I don't have too much more to say other than that, but I mean, it, it hit really big, and Chuck Berry became one of the most iconic, I'd say, rock stars, one of the, the first rock stars, you know, what could be, you know, as far as his flaws and all that come with that. Uh a very problematic person but that song is just iconic i think it's going to live on forever i think it's been named one of the 
best songs of all time on a couple of different lists, if I'm not mistaken. Um, where is that at? In several charts and legacies. Okay, here we go. It's number considered on Rolling Stone's 2008 greatest guitar songs of all time. Number one. Uh, number seven on 500 Greatest Songs of All Time by Rolling Stone. Uh, and it's the 500 songs that shaped rock by Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I mean, it's just, you know, tons of that as far as, you know, what it charted and everything along with that. It's it's just an amazing song. I love it. Kyle, how do you feel about that? I'm mad. I'm very <laughs> mad. Uh, I, I do. I love this song. I do. I, um, yeah, this is just you mentioned all like the the lists that it's a part of and typically that stuff really doesn't mean anything but it when it's when there's so many that it's a part of it starts to kind of mean something and also like that i mean there's really there's not that many intros in a song that are as immediately recognizable as the one in johnny be good i mean you hear that right away and i mean because of like because it's 2021 i think of back to the future first but still like you hear that intro and you just immediately are transported to another place but it's just it's so iconic it's it's truly we now have little richard and chuck berry as the first two which are right because those are the two the two pioneers in just music of the 1950s but in in rock and roll for sure so that's i i love that those were the two picked but yeah it's it's iconic i i love the fact that i'm gonna keep referencing back to the future not to detract from the song but it's hard to separate the two but i love the the line is funny in the context of the movie but also just in general of like him saying you know obviously you guys aren't ready for that yet but your kids are gonna love it which is so funny now because like even now in 2021 we're talking about it and like we eat it up but i wonder what it was like you know in the 50s when this, when this song came out because even more than Tutti Fruity, I'm sure it was like, what the fuck is this? Like this this intro starts and people are like, what is going on? Um, but it's so good. And I, I love a song that is about being a rock star. You know, sometimes that feels very like self-congratulatory, but this song is just really genuine about it. And it's just so fun. Like it's just, you just have to kind of bop along to it. So that's a great pick. I'm pissed, but that's a great pick. <laughs> I love it. Ryan, you seem defeated as well. Uh, how yeah. do you feel? Yes, I'm also pissed. Um, it's, it's, uh, it might be the first song that I thought of when I knew we were doing 50s. Um, I mean, you know, Damon read off all the accolades, so, uh, you know, you don't need to say much more than that. But it's it's a really great song and definitely worthy to be number one or number two in this list. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a great choice. Leah, are uh, you regretting your pick? Nope, not even a little bit. Um, it's actually not even where I thought you were going to go with your with your first pick. Um, so that that intro though, that electric guitar is it's just timeless. I mean, you know exactly what it is. You know what kind of thrill ride you're in for for two and a half minutes, and it's it's perfect. So. And he might be talking about Johnny Be Good, but let's face it, Chuck Berry can play the guitar like he's ringing the bell. Holy like, shit! Yeah, it's one no of my joke. favorite lines, lyrics, maybe ever. Yeah, it, I don't know. It's so simple, but like the visual is just perfect. Um, yeah, that's my first pick. I'm so glad I got it. That brings us to Kyle and your first pick. Where are you gonna go with it? All right. Well, if I can't have you know one from Back to the Future, I gotta get the other one. <laughs> so I'm gonna go with Earth Angel from the Penguins. 
uh, came out in October 54. It was their debut single. And this is what I was talking about. You know, you have the extremes of like people who are just putting out banger after banger or groups who just had kind of their one hit wonder. This is probably one of the greatest one hit wonders of all time. The Penguins are, I mean, they had other songs, but I don't think there's a single song they have that is as recognizable as Earth Angel. Um, I personally love like all of the the slow jams that come out of the 50s. And this mm-hmm. is probably like the epitome of that. You know, I mean, this is even like separating it from its pop culture status now. Like you go to any throwback diner that has a jukebox and this is one of the first songs that you can find on there. I had a um, so when I lived in uh, Japan for a couple of years, we were sta- obviously stationed there for military service and on the military base they had a really cool like throwback 50s diner um tons of like you know the the platters memorabilia all over the walls and stuff and they had jukeboxes that you could you know play music off of and you could go to any of the tables and any of the jukeboxes and the first uh song or the first track on there would always be earth angel um and that's actually how i came to know it It was before even i think i'd seen back to the future this is when i was really really young um and so yeah this song is just it's perfect like it's just it's the perfect slow jam it's the perfect song to dance to um yeah it also just it's always fun to look at like in a historical context like the the one hit wonders right because it's just like it's so interesting that this is such an iconic and like widely loved song and they really don't have anything else like that which is so interesting to me um but yeah, it's just this is like the perfect song to me. So I'm sad I couldn't get the, the other two. Not as much uh, Tutti Free, but I'm sad I couldn't get Johnny Be Good. But at least I could get Earth Angel. Like that was the one I was really gunning for. <laughs> That's a great song. Ryan, do you like Earth Angel? Uh, gotta be honest, I'm not super familiar with this song. Um, it's been a while since I've seen Back to the Future, and I just haven't really come across it otherwise. But uh, mm-hmm. seems like a good pick. So. I love Earth Angel. It's uh, a great doo-wop song from a great doo-wop band that made one great song. Uh, One-hit wonders are very important in music, and I think getting yeah. one on the board in the 50s is a great start. You know, where I feel like we might have a couple down the road. Um, this one's just, it, it's perfect. It's very elegant, very simple. Um, it's just good. It, it, you know, like I said before, you know, it, it's very certain emotions and feels and i love this one of course it's a back to the future connection again um wasn't expecting that but um you know this one charted very well actually um thought it's got a lot of number ones on the best sellers in stores r&b billboard jukeboxes all that um i did not have it that high on my board but it was definitely on my on my list at somewhere um wasn't expecting it to go so high uh is it just you find a very like big time connection to it kyle or like yeah i so i always have trouble with this stuff with like like defining the decade versus just like my personal connection to it but i think this is one like i said like even with that 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 place that we went to a lot that had that you know like every jukebox would have it the first i feel like that like you hear this song and immediately have some kind of connection to it just because it's one that's been replayed so many different times you know um so i i'm sorry we have a guest on our podcast (laughs) yeah sorry i plugged my headphones in to see if i could uh mute that but i guess not that's okay it just took me off guard uh 
yeah, I, I feel like it's a song that just like as soon as you hear it, it's just you have some kind of connection to oh, I this was the first time I heard this song, whether it was Back to the Future or at, you know like at some diner or just like on the radio somehow. It just there's some kind of connection you'll have to it. I think Leah, uh, did you have Earth Angel on your board? Earth Angel was not on my, it was actually, it was in like my long list, but it mm -hmm. got scratched for other things, obviously. Um, but yeah, I mean, you just immediately, the scene that comes to mind at the high school dance and you just that one moment where there's the strum and then he like jerks back up um, because yeah. you know, he's finally like coming <laughs> back to life as parents are falling in love. Um, and it's funny you mentioned the platters because they were like, they and the penguins were actually like taken together at the same time, like a two for one deal. And mm -hmm. the platters weren't didn't have anything out at the time, but the penguins had this, and they were like, "Hey, we'll take the less successful group as well." And then the platters turned into the more successful group. So. <laughs> yeah, um, I will say this song is you know looked at as a very, very successful song. Um, uh, there was a 97 poll, listener poll by the New York radio station that said it's, you know, considered one of the most enduring doo-wop songs. Um, in 2005, it was one of the 50 recordings chosen by the Library of Congress to be added to the National Recording Registry as, you know, being considered culturally, historically, or aesthetically important. So, you know, it, it has, it's held in high regard by many. So that yeah. is a good pick, I will say. Good pick. All but right. that leads us to the next one on board, Ryan. What you got? For Sweet. Okay. Uh, so, do I get to now? Are we doing the steak thing again? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Cool. So, uh, first pick, um, I'm going with the besides Johnny Be Good. I'm going with the other song that really I think of when I think of the '50s, and that is uh, "Great Balls of Fire" by Jerry Lee Lewis. Uh, from 1958. Um, it's just a classic. Uh, you know, the energy, um, the lyrics, the piano. Um, it's just, it's a, it's a song that <laughs> really makes you want to get up and dance, uh, as the kids say. And um, yeah, it's, uh, it's great. Um, it's, you know, famously in Top Gun, there's that scene where uh, Maverick and Goose both sing it. <laughs> Which is a you know a great part of that movie, and uh, yeah, it's just one that uh, I I really enjoy and that I've know I've heard for a while. So I dig it, Leah. Uh, was this on your board? This was also not on my board. Um, <laughs> I feel like my board is like I said, it's it's not gonna. There's some weirdos on here. Um, <laughs> I am not in this to win um, the poll later. I will say that. Um, but it is a fantastic song. Um, insane history um, for him. We know that. Um, yep. But he was part of that golden group. Um, yeah, with the with Sun Records and everything. And it's it's amazing. It's a it's a fantastic song. It is. Kyle, are you a fan? I am. This is, I, I, it's funny that you mentioned the Top Gun connection, Ryan, because of course, like, my mind goes straight to Top Gun, but this was also featured, I think it was written for the, the movie Jamboree in uh, 57. And there's a lot of those in the 50s that were kind of tied to a movie and then outlived the movie, because I don't hear anyone talking about the movie Jamboree. But of course, everyone knows the song Great Balls of Fire, right? Like, um, so yeah, I, I, 
this is a great song. This is another one. Again, this is probably going to be the theme, but just energetic, upbeat stuff that's just so like, yeah, there's 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 upbeat in the context of like today's music that's so different. But then there's upbeat in this context where it's just it feels like pure in a way. And it's just like it's just yeah, they they rely on very simple um things i'm not a music major i don't know the right terms but they rely on very simple things to keep the the vibes very like upbeat and positive and happy and energetic and this is definitely a, a prime example of that um yeah so I, i've never seen the movie jamboree i just think it's really interesting that this was written for that movie and just outlives it a hundred percent i mean you, you never hear about the movie but you definitely hear about great balls of fire so it's a great pick Yes, I've never seen that movie. Um, I've seen the Great Balls of Fire movie, you know, with Dennis Quaid. That was, that was a good one. Uh, portraying Jerry Lee Lewis, who is a very unique and weird-ass figure person, you know, just to say the least. Um, this to say song, unique like, is a way to put it. <laughs> yeah, just like a lot of a, a, a whole lot of a person going on right there. Um, but this song is so fun um i'm just gonna say that a lot because a lot of songs in the 50s are just what you would consider fun um you want to dance the whole time like in the when i say the whole time sometimes it's facetious it's maybe exaggerating this time this song is like the entire song it doesn't stop moving you continuously want to just you know just you know keep on moving and dancing um i every time i hear this song and just think about jay jay lee lewis i just have to go on this really quick odd story that y'all might get a kick out of um jay lee lewis is always a weird figure in my life because uh we all have you know family members who love to embellish stories right and just tell and just say things and you were like there's no way that actually happened or you know maybe you thought it happened until you grow up and you're like there's no way that actually was a tell story right so one of my my aunts okay had a story when I was growing up that uh apparently she helped him write this uh this song. What? And yeah, yeah, it's like they were apparently friends, you know, because uh you know, she grew up in Louisiana, so it's not like it's <laughs> absurd, but, but it's also feasible. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so I just grew up with always with that story. And just in back in my head, um, and yeah, so I've always, always was like, yeah, my my aunt definitely didn't help write that song, but <laughs> <laughs> but I think that every time. <laughs> Louisiana famously only has one city, and everyone interacts together, so you know exactly. <laughs> okay, um, that's a great pick. That was another song that was on my board. Um, it's like two out of my top six is gone now so <laughs> making a good board i think but uh, y'all keep stealing them i hate y'all um <laughs> all right moving on ryan round two start us off with the great pick cool so uh yeah kyle was talking about how a lot of um, songs are super upbeat and energy packed um this one is not a beat although there is a lot of energy uh and just god just such a great voice um from this person uh, it's a little niche, and you'll understand that in a sec. Um, but I'm going with uh, the Christmas song by Nat King Cole. Um, now, yeah. a bit of controversy here, uh, because the famous version of the song is from 1960, 
but he recorded it four times, actually, the first time in 1953. So I'm going with it counts since he recorded versions in the 50s. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, I'm playing that game too sure. later, so I got it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, um, it's just such a great song. It's my favorite Christmas song. It's one of the most popular ones, um, and his voice is just, like, heavenly. Like, it's so good, and... Um, yeah, that's why I knew that I had to uh, to pick this one. So I have nothing to say other than props. I completely forgot to look about like holiday songs because those, you know, those were like a real big hit back in the early earlier days, and this is like one of the most iconic. It just is a warm, warm, warm song, and I love it. Nat King Cole is an amazing singer. I, I I hate that I didn't even think of this. Uh, Kyle, how how do you feel about this pick? Yeah, I feel the same way. I'm now like, I want to just last minute look up like Christmas songs from the fifties. Um, and that Cole was truly one of the best to do it though. I I don't think I have I have one of his. So uh, I've had a record player for a few years, and I've been trying to like collect some old stuff on there. Um, when my great grandma passed away, I inherited basically her entire vinyl collection. Um, and I know there's a few Nat King Cole albums in there somewhere. I have it in storage, but I don't think I have any of his Christmas stuff. But that was like my favorite thing when I first got those those albums was the Nat King Cole stuff. He just has like one of the most instantly recognizable voices, and it's just he's so gripped every time you hear him. I mean, it's, to this day, is truly one of the most iconic voices. Um, Ryan, I'm in the same boat. It's probably my favorite Christmas song as well. It's just there's a lot of them that get old after a while, especially. I mean, that's kind of like the joke, right? Like during the Christmas season, a lot of these songs just get overplayed to the the point where you just don't want to hear them anymore. Um, but I could listen to the the Christmas song over and over again, especially if it's this. That you know this version of it um there's just something that hits different about holiday music back in the day you know back in like the 50s and 60s and it's just i don't know very very pure and just yeah this is i didn't even think about this and i didn't think about any nat king cole which is wild to me because again he's such an iconic and recognizable voice but it's yeah it's a great great pick i love that leah how do you Um, feel about king cole well, Ryan, I want to give you props because we are the only two who thought of Christmas songs, apparently. Um, I have one on my list as well. <laughs> um, the 1950s is fucking ripe with, like, dope-ass Christmas songs. Uh, it's so good. Um, and this is this is definitely cream of the crop. It's it's perfect. It's so smooth. It's, yeah, it's amazing. So it's not the one I picked, but it's it's very, very good. So... <laughs> All right. Well, maybe we will have more uh, Christmas songs coming off the board, then. I'm excited to see what that is. But first, we're to Kyle, Kyle's second pick. What you got, man? All right. So I've got a Christmas. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, okay, I'm going to go with one that I think it's got in the mention before. If I can. I think I, I think it was in our soundtracks draft. So we did a, a movie soundtracks draft with um, with Olivia, and I can't remember what movie. I think it was uh, Waiting to Exhale that she mentioned that had this song. That one of the Jack Nicholson one. One of them. Um, I'm gonna go with the song "I Only Have Eyes for You" by the Flamingos. Um, it was released in April bands. of 
Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's, my, that's my theme of the draft. <laughs> and I, I definitely have the two best birds so far, the penguin and the, the flamingo. <laughs> um, yeah, it was released in, in April of 1959. Uh, fun fact, this is one that was originally written for the film Dames in 1934, but the flamingo's rearrangement completely changes the song if you listen to the, it's hard to even track down a recording of the the song from the movie Dames, um, but it's very 1930s. Like it just sounds completely different. The flamingos rearranged it and made it one of like this. You would think that they wrote it because it sounds like a doo-wop classic. Um, they added in that that you know that anyone that like is so recognizable in the song. Um, yeah, they just completely reinvigorated it, gave it a whole new vibe. And it it remains one of the most iconic and romantic songs of all time. I I didn't even know that there was a, an original version of it that that came first because it's one of those things where you hear it and it just sounds instantly like the flamingos. It's just their style, their vibe. Um, yeah, it's just it's recognizable to the to this day. It's one that is covered to this day. I'm pretty sure this is the one that is in um what is it uh, Black Mirror. Uh, whatever the second episode is called with uh daniel kaluuya the, the talent show episode you know the the girl auditions with this song um and so it's to this day still being kind of covered and and there's new versions coming out with it but it, yeah the the way they kind of took this song completely changed the vibe of it and made it i think modern for that time and it still kind of stands the test of time i, I think that's pretty you know it's worth noting I love the song. Uh, we're definitely seeing the softer side of the 50s coming out in the more recent fix. Um, you know, there's tons of great ballads that the 50s have to offer. You know, just tons of great voices, really. Um, great melodies. This is a good one. Uh, I love the bird theme, Kyle. I think you should stick with it. <laughs> Only birds for the rest of the picks. Uh, let's see what you come up with. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I like that you picked a cover. Just, just throwing that out there, and yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Leah, how do you feel about this song? Um, I think it's a great song. It makes me think of my girl and little sad Thomas J. So it's got a little <laughs> right there. Um, <laughs> it's um, yeah, it's very, it's very sweet. Um, it's a beautiful song. It's was not on my list, <laughs> but um, it's. Uh, yeah, it's gorgeous. They harmonize really well together. Um, the harmonies are, are perfect. And I didn't know it was a cover either. So that's that's really interesting. So, yeah. All right, Ryan? Yeah, I, I think uh, it's it's definitely a good pick. Um, great song. Uh, also not on my list, but I, I respect the pick. And, yeah, as far as covers go, like I feel like the 50s is when you start to first see that sort of happening uh, with music. Just... Um, sort of the first era when um, music started to be covered and rewritten. Um, some of that was a lot shadier than other instances, but uh, <laughs> that's a whole other story. So, um, yeah, but yeah, uh, it is. Um, I, I do like ones like that where it's like, it's still sort of the same song, but it's just totally different because of the, the style that was written or um, various other tweaks that were made. So yeah, I definitely think it's a, uh, it's a good pick for Kyle. All right. So, I uh, believe we will move on to the next pick, and I believe that is me. And before that, we're going to go to another quick break. What's Goofy's favorite sport? Golf. 
and that's why soon you'll be able to play the brand new Nintendo Switch game, Goofy's Goofy Golfing. 18 holes of ridiculous d- design courses guaranteed to have you chuckling on your way to a hole-in-one. Rated something for... Real- Alright, welcome back from break. We are talking about the 1950s and music. We're back to Damon. What you got for us, man? Alright, so yeah. There was really no way to know what direction anyone was going to go in. Um, it seems like we're kind of all, you know, similar vibes, but but going with different different hits, different songs. So I'm going to go ahead and get this one out of the way before it's picked, because I feel like it's only a matter of time. Um, maybe, maybe not. Maybe it's no, no one's bored. Who knows? I don't know. Um, but this is an amazing song. Uh, it was this artist's first number one hit on the Billboard charts in 1956. Um... It remained on the record charts for 43 weeks, sold over 2 million copies, um, and it's still listened to today. It's a classic, um, as all these songs are. And I'm talking about I Walked the Line by Johnny Cash. Um, Johnny Cash is Johnny Cash. I mean, what is there to say that has not been said about that guy? There's been a movie about him, so many songs and documentaries. Um I want a shirt of him, poster. I mean, he's great. He's complicated. Um, but I love his music, and this is one of my favorite songs of his. And I think it's definitely a very – paints a good picture of the 50s and just the fact of what it's about, you know, about his marriage fidelity and, and trying to be in a marriage and relationship and trying to stay true to it and his own problems with it. And feel like that's still a relatable story to this day. And uh, yeah, sometimes that's those are the best songs, the ones that just tell a story that still ring true, no matter the time. So, Leah, what do you think? Uh, that was on my my shortish list. Uh, I was actually really kind of hoping that his uh, Folsom Blues Live had been recorded in the fifties, um, yeah. but I just missed out. So if I was doing the sixties, <laughs> I would definitely drop that one. Um, but this is a, it's a great song. He's a, a great artist. Um, like I said, he's got a lot of personal demons and stuff. Um, a lot of these dudes do. Um, but it's, it's a classic and it's crazy how long his kind of career and his influence, uh, has, is still continuing to do. So. Ryan, do you like the song? I do. Um, I, so yeah, it's a good pick. Um, this one wasn't on my list. I don't know why. Um, is it a good song? Personally, I'm not like a huge Johnny Cash guy uh, as far as his music goes, but I do like some of it. And this is one of those songs that I do. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a classic and I can definitely see why it was on your shortlist. Kyle, uh, was this on your board? It was, yeah. It was It was on my, like Leah, like kind of my long shortlist sort of um and it was the only john johnny cash one i considered um but i love the like uh, music from the 50s has very they all have very similar chord progressions and you can't really say that about i walk the line it's very unique um especially for that time and that was inspired so i'm looking at like the background of it and it's almost more interesting than the song itself like the so that was inspired by the fact that he but the backwards playback of guitar runs on his tape recorder, which is interesting in and of itself. And then I feel like a lot of these songs, I've I've looked at 
like a lot of my picks about the writing of them and a lot of them were just written backstage you know in like 20 minutes or so they just kind of were like i need to write a new single i'm gonna write mm -hmm. this song real quick and that was the case with this he wrote this backstage uh in gladewater texas and he was newly married um and he this was you know he was really gung-ho about this marriage and wanted to make it work and he was like i'm just gonna write how i'm feeling right now about like how i want to stay devoted and 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 write this song about fidelity and it became arguably his most iconic song i mean it's this or ring of fire really um but i mean this is the one that the walking phoenix movie's named after like this is kind of the the one you just immediately associate with him um yeah so i feel like that alone kind of cements its status but it's a great pick like i said I, I'm, I'm with you ryan i'm not the biggest fan so this is really the only song of his that i considered but it is it's it's iconic um you know it was going to be a slower song, like a, a more of a ballad feel. And his producer suggested kind of a more upbeat, like a faster arrangement. And this is one of those times where like a producer interfering kind of helps. <laughs> I feel like this song just doesn't hit the same when it's slower, that it kind of works that it's more upbeat. Um, yeah. And I love that. So that's a great pick. All right. I'm glad I got that one out of the way. And now we're to Leah. Uh, she had her first pick with Tutti Fruity. Now we're back. What you got for us? So I'm actually surprised that the cover of this song has not been picked. What you were just describing, it was like to a T, like the the cover uh, information. Um, but this one is the original in 1952. This one was recorded. Um, this is, it's been recorded by so many it's recorded over 250 times i want to say by like different artists and stuff like that um and it's uh it's big mama thornton's hound dog so it's you know before elvis got his greasy mitts into it um <laughs> so she recorded this then um she originally was kind of like crooning it and then the the producer told her like he didn't want that he wanted her like kind of like belting it out and stuff he wanted it more like a like kind of body and stuff like that like you were singing it in in like a bar or or a honky tonk or, or some sort of scenario like that and uh she famously said um white boy don't you be telling me how to sing the blues um and then he kind of gave her an example of like what he was looking for. And she's like, okay, let me try that. And that's how we got the hound dog that inspired Elvis and inspired a whole generation. Um, and the other super shitty thing was that for that song, she got one check for $500 and that's all she got. Um, obviously Love there has been that. some rectification since then, um, you know, she's been inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and, you know, there's like a Grammy and stuff that she's had retroactively, but I mean, that doesn't do anything for now. Yeah. Um, I'm glad this song got picked by the, the rightful artist. Um, so like this will probably be maybe a, a point in this one in the sixties and seventies, you know, the, the fact that some artists just pretty much stole, stole music and just, you know, and just did it as their own. And it's a very big part of mu music history. And so I'm glad we're touching on that. Uh, so this is a much better, better version than that one anyways. I love Big Mama Thornton. It has so much more soul. Uh, Ryan, are you a fan? Yeah, um, I haven't actually heard that version. Um, I'm glad that Leah picked it because I definitely will go listen now. 
Um, obviously, I'm familiar with the Elvis version of the song, um, which is, you know, a good song. Uh, it's not his. So, uh, yeah, I definitely want to um, to look into this one. And uh, but I'm glad that I got picked. So. And I mean, I, I still enjoy the Elvis one. I definitely do. I, I enjoy it when it plays and comes on and stuff. But just like. I don't know, I just want to give her props and stuff. And hers is like, it's it's different. There's different meaning behind her her words and stuff like that. So it yeah. just comes across emotionally different, so. Kyle, how do you feel about this pick? Yeah, this is the only version of this song that I recognize. Uh, Elvis is great, but this is the original and that I'm glad that there is respect being given to the original. Um, I love the quote, didn't know the quote, so that's great perfect response to that <laughs> um yeah I, I feel like this is the the flip side like i was just talking about with johnny cash kind of taking that note from his producer on messing with the tempo of his song this is where the other side like you you know the vision that you have for your song you stick with it and it becomes very iconic so i love that I love that that's what happened with this with Thornton, that she she stuck with that, what she envisioned for this song. And that's why it's such an iconic song nowadays. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm I don't think I'm probably going to pick any Elvis songs. If I was going to, it would be the, the cover of this if somehow the original was taken, if that was allowed. Um, but I'm glad the original was taken and not the cover, because that's the one that we should be talking about. So it's a great pick. Leah, now we're back for round three. And what okay. you got? I'm going to go with my Christmas song. Um, so this song, it won three Grammys. Um, it was the only Christmas song to hit number one on the Billboard until Mariah finally broke through in 2019. Um, it is the number three all-time best-selling Christmas song. It has spawned eight films, four of them in theaters, three TV shows, one is still on the air, and it's the motherfucking Chipmunks Christmas song. Oh from my 19- God, yes. <laughs> Alvin, <laughs> Alvin, <laughs> Alvin. Uh, yep. Do. It is. It's still. It's still so much fun. I can't lie. My kids. We listen to it when it's not Christmas. So I mean, it's been in. It's been in Rocky movies. It was in Dante Brasco. It was almost famous. It was in Fast and the Furious Eight. So you know, <laughs> fucking killing it. You go, guy on helium. You did great. <laughs> I love this so much. I did not think this was going to be a thing, and I'm I hate that I did that. I overlook Christmas songs, and I'm trying to look to, in like the '50s is stacked. It is like, so I'll pick many good Christmas two amazing songs, and I'm like, well, I could pick some pretty good ones still, uh-huh. and I just might. Uh, but that one might be the the one that takes the cake. I'm a huge Chipmunks fan. We've talked about Chipmunks on this podcast before with the great Chipmunks balloon race adventure movie, whatever it's called. Um, someone tell me what that's called. I need to look it up before I keep embarrassing myself. But uh, You but might yeah, be I, honest, like great Chipmunk balloon race. Like it's something like that. It, so. it was, something like yeah. That. Something like that. But this song like encompasses what like the Christmas like, was all about and like in the 50s it was just like commercialized super like connected with everything everyone was about christmas it was like a huge like that was that like christmas's like peak was like 50s like the 50s is i think as far as like the bright and shiny like christmas you want to spend all your money and everything and everybody wants to do that there's no negative vibes to christmas for that we see commercialized or anything like that so yeah um 
but yeah, I think so. I think it's it, the 1950s, you know, it was a fucking magical time if you were white and well off. So it's great. Yeah. 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 To be white and well yeah. off and then, and have no worries. Um, this song was just about chipmunk singing about Christmas and I love it. Um, I love Alvin and them. Ryan, are you a fan of the chipmunks? I am. Uh, geez, I forgot the chipmunks were that old. <laughs> um, but yes, I am. I'm a fan. I love this song. Um, I also listened to it growing up, so I'm glad that Leah is passing that down to her kids. Um, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's just a fun and funny and ridiculous song, and uh, I'm uh, I'm glad that uh, that got chosen. Kyle, do you want a plane that loops the loop? I do. I also want a hula hoop. <laughs> I love it. This is, yeah, this is perfect. I feel like, like I was just saying, like with Christmas stuff, it either gets really old or like this, this song has suddenly or somehow lived both of those lives where like it got to a point where I never wanted to hear it again. And now it's, it's cycled back to where like, I love this song every time I hear it. So who knows? Maybe this season I'll hate it again. <laughs> Who knows? But not the original, because the original is just a classic. Like, you can't really top this. Um, and then, like, Leah mentioned everything that it shows up in. I did not realize half of those movies that it showed up in. Like, is it is it really in Fate of the Furious? Yeah! It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Like, very... It's a dynasty, man. Yeah. <laughs> that's incredible. Movies, that's that's its legacy. I feel very conflicted about... Well, look, Alvin and the Chipmunks and the Furious movies are also just all about family, so it makes sense. Um, yeah, this That's is a fun. this is a great song. I I I love it. This is like the epitome of like being a child and like gleeful when Christmas season's around. You have your big list that you send to Santa, mm -hmm. and you hear this song, and you add an airplane, you add a hula hoop. Uh, it's a, it's a great pick. I love it. Very big like nostalgia with this song. And the fact that he's doing all the voices, like it gives oh, you know, yeah. speeds him up and everything is just like, damn. Yeah. So, so impressive. It really is. I'm, I'm glad that you are going Christmas with it. That that definitely shows what the 50s was about right there. Uh, stilling music, Christmas and, you know, <laughs> rock and roll. <laughs> all right. So that's Leia's uh, two picks for the turn. So that means we're back to my to me. And just let me take a, a look at my board. Songs just being taken left and right. Let's see. <laughs> All right. Um, this song is picked just because I I love this song. Every time I hear it, I want to sing along and, and dance along. Um, to me, songs that kind of give you instructions on what to do are a staple of music um we will always have them forever and ever and ever uh it's just this is one of the more popular first ones you know it's this you got a crank that soldier boy is one of the more newer ones you know right yeah. newer i say which is like eight like 15 years ago ever again super new uh, the cupid shuffle is a classic of course you know that'll get picked i'm sure um this one's a little this one's definitely above all those so it's definitely worthy of a pick. Um, this has been referenced in multiple movies, um, commercials. It's just, when you hear it, it just makes you want to shout. I mean, <laughs> you know, is that good? 
did I do good? Okay, yeah. The Isley <laughs> Brothers uh, shout parts one and two. You know, um, just all together is is an experience, and I love that song. Just the build up. The I love songs with different with progression. Okay, I love progressive mm-hmm. songs. Anything that changes the beat or the tempo or like cuts it and like has some weird little interlude. This one, you know, it, it goes high and then it starts going really low and just fades away. And, and it's like, oh, what's happening? And they bring it back and it just gets louder and louder. And I, I love it. I, I don't know. Those are my, some of my favorite kinds of songs. And that's one of my favorite examples of that kind of song. So I had to go with a shout. Uh, Leah, are you a fan? Oh, I'm a big fan. Um, I love the fact that not only is it like, you know, there's moves and everybody's on the dance floor and you're doing things, but there's also like singing along and you don't have to be good at singing to sing along with shouts, which is fantastic. <laughs> so aces in my book. Yes. Uh, Ryan, are you a fan? I, I am a fan. I'm furious at myself because I somehow forgot the song. Um but uh, I guess it's good that someone picked it. So, um, yeah, it's it's such a great song. Um, there's so many different sections of it that you can enjoy and sing and dance. And, um, I mean, I haven't been to a wedding in a while, but this was always, like, one of the most popular songs uh, to play. Um, just one that got, like, everybody up and, and dancing and having a good time. And it's just, it's, it's a great song. Um, and yeah, I mean, the Isley Brothers had a long, uh, you know, musical career, but this was um, one of their first hits and uh, still somehow one of their best. So, Kyle, are you a fan? I am. Yeah, this is, I would probably just go as far as to say this is their, like, this is their peak. Uh, this is just such an icon- immediately recognizable song. Um, another one that, again, the theme, like, it's just, you want to get up and dance. You want to get up and move to this song. Like, I really appreciate Leah saying that you can just sing along no matter how you sound. Cause I, that's how I feel with any music I listen to. Uh, I love that. Um, yeah, it's just such a fun, upbeat song. I agree about songs that like really, again, the fifties, you can like take, any 50s song and it's typically typically going to have the same four chords you know um and this this one is like actually has kind of different sections to it and it's got some different vibes to it which is always fun so and also another one that has plenty of different arrangements by different groups but the i the iconic like the one will always be the eiley brothers so yeah that's a that's a great pick thank you and um you know i was looking up you know just a little prep for the song and apparently it was just pulled away from during a, a section of another song they would do. It was a, a cover of a Jackie Wilson song, Lonely Teardrops. And during it, they would, uh, you know, do a call and response, which is one of my favorite aspects of live music is when the, you know, musicians interact with the crowd, you know, just, you know, do this, do that, yell to, you know, yell with me, sing along. And that, you know, they would just like, you know, you make me want to shout. And they, you know, they were suggested to turn it into a song. And I just, I just love that they decided to go with that and it became what it was. So glad I got it. I'm glad y'all like the song and I believe we'll move along to the next pick. Kyle, that's you, right? Uh, I think we're going, Oh wait, we are. Okay. I thought yeah. we were back to Leah for some yeah, reason. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see, man. Yeah. Like Damon said, things are just getting snatched right and left. Uh, I'm going to go with one. So I mentioned them earlier. Uh, I'm going to go with a Platters song. I got to break the bird theme. Sorry, y'all. 
Um, it sounds like a bird. <laughs> I'm going to go. Yeah, it kind of does. <laughs> Surf birds on platters. It's fine. Exactly. Um, I'll go with The Great Pretender by The Platters. Uh, it's from November of 55. This is another one that just like covered left and right. I mean, there's a cover that Freddie Mercury did of it. Sam Cooke. I mean, just all these iconic artists covered this song, but it all starts with The Platters. Another one that 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 place they used to go to would have uh, on rotation. Um, another one where like the writing of it is just as interesting as the song. It's it's said that the band's manager Buck Buck Ram about twenty minutes in the washroom. Here's the bird theme in the washroom of the Flamingo Hotel. Um, <laughs> so yeah, like I just I always love stories like that because you have these songs that are just like. Listen to it, and you're like, man, this must have taken so long because it's such a great song, and there must have been so much thought put into it. But it's really these people who are like, ah, shit, I gotta come up with a new single. I am past my deadline. I'm gonna go write for 20 minutes and come up with something that's gonna be, you know, a masterpiece and a classic for the rest of time. <laughs> uh, wish I could do that. Um, but this is great. This is probably my favorite Platters song. It's up there. Um, I'm a big fan of the Platters. Um, but this is, yeah, this is one of their more recognizable ones. Like I said, it's been covered by so many different people. Um, I, I think I either heard the Freddie Mercury one first or like it was in tandem. Like the, I've always associated the song with both the Platters and Freddie, just always. So I can't that even stand like is a testament to how iconic it is because you know you have someone from someone like some something like Queen you know covering this song but yeah I just I adore it I adore the platters in general but this is probably my favorite of theirs I dig this song this was not on my my list my personal list but it is a good one um I just felt like it was never I don't know. Like, I don't think I like the pace as much as I do as a lot of the other 50 songs, but it is a good one. I, I like what it's about, you know, like just, you know, a guy being, you know, just playing a facade of being this super happy go lucky guy. And it's all a, it's all a, you know, scam. He's just not a scam, but you know, he, he's not very happy at all. This is a good one though. Uh, Leah, are you a fan? I am. Um, I do like only you better. Um, mm. That was on my shortish list. Um, Great Pretender is super good, but I personally, I just prefer only you. So that's all. Yeah, that's totally fair. fair. Ryan, are you a fan of The Great Pretender? Yeah, I like it. It's a good song. Um, this one wasn't on my list. Uh, thankfully, I'm glad we're not all like wrecking each other's lists at least so far. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, that was definitely a worry for me. Um, but yeah, I think it's, uh, I like it. And it's, uh, it's definitely a solid choice. It is. It is. I'm glad I got picked. And that means we're back to Ryan uh, for the next turn. You got Great Balls of Fire and the Christmas song. You got another Christmas song for us, bud? Uh, well, there is another one on my board. Um, I'm not going to pick it right now, uh, but we will see if I do later or if someone else takes it. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so in your Christmas hand. Yeah, so I'm going to go with... Um, it don't mean a thing if it ain't got that swing uh, by Ella Fitzgerald um, featuring Duke Ellington uh, from 1957. Mm-hmm. Um, this song always has a soft spot in my heart because uh, I played saxophone uh, when I was growing up. And this is one of the first songs that I learned. And it's just great. And I knew I had to get a jazz song on my list. Um, and uh, this is like 
after um, Johnny Be Good and Great Balls of Fire, this is the third song that I thought of. And I just love Ella and um, she's great. And uh, it's just a really fun, up-tempo, like jazz swing song. Um, that's really enjoyable. And I think is uh, a little underrated and people should definitely listen to it. So, A very underrated song. I'm mad that I didn't think about it. I, for some reason, maybe thought this was a, a 40 song. Um, but dang it. Ugh. Kyle, are you a fan of the song? Huge fan. Uh, I love Ella. I, man, if we're talking about just like iconic voices, Ryan's already won with Nat King Cole and Ella Fitzgerald. Um, but this is, yeah, this is a great song. I agree. A very underrated song of hers. Um, it's not like the first I would have picked, but it it is such a just such a fun song. I'm glad we're getting some jazz representation because we we've been talking about how like the 50s is such a formative ye- uh, decade for rock and roll. But you know, jazz started before the 50s, but I feel like the decade was really important for that genre as well because there was some real experimentation happening for for jazz. Um, and Ella is like a huge voice in that in that genre. So. This is, yeah, this is a really, really great pick. Love it. Leah, you a fan? Oh, yeah. I'm super glad that she made it onto someone's board. She was on my list, but I just I just couldn't figure out how to squeeze her on there. Um, so I'm super stoked that, that she definitely cracked someone. So thank you, Ryan. Yes. We, we definitely needed some uh, jazz in, mm-hmm. in this draft. So, And Kyle. I mean, well, not Kyle, but Kyle. Are you a fan of Ella Fitzgerald more than like just the song? Do you like any of her other uh, of her others? I can't talk right now. So. Uh, <laughs> yes, I now of course am not going to be able to think of any of her songs because I'm just Ryan just made me think of it. Don't mean a thing. Um, I just looked up a list. I bewitched, but bothered and bewildered is great. Uh, the man I love is good. And the rest of these, I don't remember off the top of my head, but, um, yeah, this is a good pick. I, like I said, this wasn't the first one that I thought of. So the fact that, you know, we're getting some underrated representation is always great. So I love that. All right, let's move on to Ryan's second pick of the turn. What you got? Okay. There's a couple of different ways I can go, but, um, yeah, I think I'm going to take this one. So, I mean, Kyle's already figured me out. Like, I'm basic. I'm a sucker for a good voice. So if you, if you give me a great voice, uh, I'm going to gravitate towards that. And so I'm going to pick uh, Que Sera Sera by Doris Day uh, from 1956. Um, oh, yeah, so she yeah. uh, <laughs> is from the movie Man Who Knew Too Much, I guess, which mm-hmm. I have not seen. Um, but I have seen the scene that she sings it. And um, it's just, it's a great song. She's got a great voice, obviously. Um, and it's one, ironically, that I, the first version of I heard was the um, <laughs> the English soccer song. So they sort of tweaked it because um, in one of the f- famous English soccer tournaments, uh, they play at one, um, the final. And so when a team wins, you know, they get there, the fans will sing, K Sarah Sarah, whatever will be will be. We're going to Wembley, K Sarah Sarah. And so that's how I first found it. And then uh, I heard the actual song, which is great. And um, yeah, I'm uh, just glad I got to pick it. That's another good one. Leah, are you a fan? 
Um, so I like the Doris Day one, but the one that I really love, because it's what I've heard as a kid, was the Sly and the Family Stone version. Um, and that one is like, to me, that one is the best version of it. Um, but I mean, obviously it had to come from, they had to get their inspiration from Doris Day. So I mean, you know, give props where props are due. So. Yeah. Kyle, you a fan? I am. Yeah. I, of course, love any, you know, even though we're in a music centered episode, I love any mention of a Hitchcock movie. So that's love that. <laughs> um, yeah, this is this is a great song. I love any song that like tells this is going to sound really basic, just a song that tells a story. And I love that this song kind of goes from like childhood to adulthood of the person who's singing it. And then, you know, more more songs in a foreign language. That's great. I like I love the the representation there. French is just a beautiful language in general. And so it, you could sing anything in, in French and it'll sound more beautiful than English. So I, this is a great pick. And I love Doris Day. So it's a great pick. Yes, it is a is a really beautiful song. And my first uh, run in with a uh, with a cover was uh, the EDM song by Wax Taylor, Kesara. Uh, mm -hmm. That's a really good rendition, so I highly recommend listening to that one. But the uh, this original is pretty good. Um, so, Ryan, good pick. You you definitely go with those just beautiful voices. Uh, very solid board. Uh, so I think that means we're moving along to Kyle again. And before we do that, we're going to take another quick break. Hey everybody, and we're just talking songs that define the decade of the 1950s, and we're in round four. Kyle's pick. What you got for us? Yeah. All right. Um, okay. Let's see. I'm trying to think of what I want to pair. So I've got Earth Angel, Only Advice for You, and The Great Pretender. Um, okay. I'm gonna jump to the Disney side because you know the 50s give us some great Disney songs, great Disney movies. I'll go with, I have two that I'm thinking of, but I'm going to go with one from the movie Cinderella. Uh, it's A Dream is a Wish Your Heart Makes, um, obviously performed by the unattachable Eileen Woods. Uh, this movie came out in 1950. I think it was recorded in 49, but obviously it was released with the movie, so just kind of barely made it in there. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, you know, kind of like the main theme of, of the movie. Um, I think as far as like, these older Disney movies and songs, not a lot of them hold up. <laughs> Some of them are kind of boring, but I do truly love just the movie Cinderella and the song A Dream Is A Wish Your Heart Makes. I think it's one that still holds up, is very sentimental for me. Just grew up loving this movie. And yeah, Eileen Woods just had, you know, to steal from Ryan's theme for a second, Eileen had just that truly like just recognizable beautiful voice immediately just kind of grabbed you um and this is yeah this is my favorite uh that she did i you know she performed obviously all the music for the movie but i just a dream is a wish your heart makes it's definitely my favorite from from that movie all right so i recently did a disney binge and i ranked all the songs mm -hmm. um and i'm apparently saying that this song didn't even make my list <laughs> oh no <laughs> ow <laughs> so, so it's that memorable <laughs> it did not leave a me at all so i won't say anything else on this subject leah how do you feel about this song um cinderella isn't my favorite disney movie um so but i do like the song i do enjoy the song um Kyle, I feel like you just want to dance at a 1950s prom and just, I mean, I'm assuming that 
Paul Anka, put your head on my shoulders somewhere on your list, because uh, this is seems to be your theme. Um, yeah. It seems like all you want in life is just dance at a 50s prom, which is, hey. Literally all I want. <laughs> <laughs> That's Kyle's aesthetic right there. It's true. Modern music, it's sad and horny, but if it's 50s, it's just dancing at a high school dance. It's all it's, it's a sad and it's horny. It's just in a pure, kind of more innocent way. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. Ryan, uh, how do you feel about this song? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a great song, um, similar to what someone else mentioned. And, like, the movie is good. Like, uh, it's not my favorite Disney movie, um, but it it's good and it's a great song. And um, I guess, uh, unlike Christmas songs, uh, this was my blind spot because I didn't think of, like, Disney movies at all. Um, but I should have because there's some good ones. So, yeah, I'm uh, definitely glad this one got, got taken. Um, it's, uh, it's a good song. And, yeah, like Kyle said, she's got a great voice. So, All right. So that's another Kyle just super sappy prom pick. And I love it. It's very on brand for this one. I dig it. Um, just lean into it, Kyle. Uh, so that means we're back to me. Um, um, let me just take a gander at my board. Hmm. We are thinking. So this one is just, it has a certain vibe to it that's so, it's not energetic. It's not lackadaisical. It's just, I don't know. It's festive almost it's it's got a i don't know it apparently it's a work song from jamaican it's a jamaican folk song and it's just i love it the beat's great the 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 singing it's from what one of my favorite artists of the 50s and 60s um you know i'm talking about banana boat the deo Mm -hmm. song okay yes um from this song is so fun and rhythmic and enchanting. And yeah, just reading up on the history of it was really cool. You know, I didn't know it was, you know, used like Jamaican folk uh, songs and beats and rhythms. Um, but the fact that it became, you know, kind of Belafonte's signature song, even though it, w- it was a cover in a way, is a different version, but he really made it his own. And I love it. I listen to it randomly just whenever I want to. Like, it's on my several of my playlists and it'll pop up and i will never ever skip this song it's a no skip song it's like it's i have unwritten rules of life and that's one is there's certain songs you just don't skip <laughs> this is a no skip song i love it uh kyle how do you feel about uh deo i love it i it's funny that you so i somewhere in the back of my head i knew it was called banana boat but i if i talk about the song it's just deo like i just you know like i could say that and anyone will know what i'm talking about um this is yeah this is great i i i love the history behind it i i love that like you said belafonte kind of made it his own and and gave it a kind of a new a, a new style um and it's one I, I like that you the way you were talking about it i didn't know what song you were gonna say but i it, it now makes sense because it's not it's not like upbeat but it's not a slow jam it's just kind of it has its own really unique singular vibe to it that you really can't replicate there's not a whole lot of songs out there that are like this which is like that in and of itself is why it should be drafted because it's so unique um but i love it it's a great pick thank you leah you a fan 
Oh, yeah. As soon as you said Jamaican work song, I was like, it's going to be Deo. Um, (laughs) I had looked at that one. I mean, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. How can you not? Oh, God, he's he's showing up. Why did he say it? Oh, God. (laughs) They go play backgammon on Wednesdays. She does it. Um, it's, it's such a, yeah, it's a great song and it's, um, yeah, it's just, it, it's, it evokes such powerful memories and you're right. It's not skippable. So you have to, you have to play it all the way through and you have to do like the call and response and, you know, do your best Catherine O'Hara and get it on. So. Exactly. Brian, are you a fan? I am a fan. Um, I confess that I did not know it was actually called Banana Boat. I always just knew it has the Deo song and um yeah it's uh it's it's good it's fun um I feel like other than shout like at like a wedding or like some other function like this is probably the song from the list that you're most likely to hear in public because like they play at a lot of sporting events and just like other random things um so it's definitely like kept up in this sort of like pop culture lexicon um and it's definitely stood the uh the test of time so yes uh it really has and hopefully it'll keep going and going and i'm glad i got that pick and now we are back to leah for another turn she amazed us with the chipmunks christmas song and uh what you got for us now how can you top that i i can't i don't feel like anyone's gonna know my next two songs so (laughs) it's gonna be great it's gonna be real short um we have three left though right yeah. It's six total? Okay, cool. Um, so... You have three left. What was that? Yes. You have three left. You have three left. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, yes. Um, so I wanted to get into the Nashville side of things. We did a little bit with cash, um, but the 50s were huge for Nashville, and I'm going in two different directions with it. Um, my first one is, it was in 1959, um, the song was actually written by the Big Bopper, um, who sadly passed away in 1959. He actually died three days before the song was released, um, which really sucks. Um, but this song is the number one single of this uh, this artist's career, um, and he is considered like the most influential country artist of all time. Uh, and it's White Lightning by George Jones. Um so I, do, I don't know if you guys know it at all, um, but it's basically um, he the song is about prohibition. White, white lightning is, you know, uh, moonshine. Basically, it's ever clear, um, but it's also supposed to be about stock car racing at the same time, which actually stock car racing came about because of prohibition. Uh, because the G-men were kind of going through the woods and you had to have real fast cars to get away from them. So uh, NASCAR is actually because of prohibition, which is interesting. Um, So he was hammered when he went in to record this, like he was with a lot of his things. Um, It took 80, they did 80 takes of the song before they stopped playing because their bassist fingers were bloody. Um, and then they went with the first take, which is really <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> so, uh, but it is, it's a great song. Uh, it's kind of gimmicky at times. Cause you know, it's, it's a little rockabilly because it has the big bopper influence in it. 
Um, and then George Jones just has like this amazing voice. Uh, like I said, he's considered one of the most influential uh, country artists of all time. Everyone can cite him as an influence. And he does this weird thing in the middle of it where like he stops and like whistles and then like says like, like he sounds like he's drunk because, well, you know, it turns out he was, but he's just like, white lightning and it's so fucking weird <laughs> but it's it's a great song um so that's that's my number four have a very short I feel, discussion i feel like i i don't know what you're, this i don't think i've heard the song but i feel like i have before as a kid at my mama's house at my mama yeah. fish's house because this is her kind of music um and that's all it's i need to ever say about my mama fish um did on this podcast, probably. Song too? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> I said, did she help write this song too? Is <laughs> oh. she a rum smuggler? Is that the other thing? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. She just liked to play solitaire all day long. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Um, I, I want to listen to this song, though, now. Uh, Kyle, have you listened to this song before? Do you know this song? I think so. <laughs> I recognize the title. I'm sure it's one of those where, like, you don't immediately know it, but you listen to it, and you're like, oh, I know, I know this song. Um, but the story behind it is, like, my favorite thing about it. I love that's so fucked up that they there were so many takes, and then they just used the first one. Like, it's so the first one. Oh. <laughs> Oh, that's fucked up. Uh, I love it, though. I, I, George Jones is, that's truly, I mean, he's such an iconic name in, in country. Another, like, I love that we're getting some country representation, too, because it's kind of a weird decade for it, but very, like, influent, influential decade for country, for sure. Um, yeah, it's it's really, it's tragic that the Big Bopper couldn't see it through, that he, you know, he died before it was released, but... I love that it it has such an iconic status. Now it kind of lives on. So it's a great pick. Ryan, have you ever heard this song before? <laughs> I have not, um, but it sounds interesting. I I, I do want to look it up. Um, and yeah, geez, that's a great anecdote. And I can only imagine because I would imagine the strings technology was not great uh, in the 50s. So yes, <laughs> I'm sure that was very painful to try and record that many times. Okay, well, this is the first uh, song that Leah is claiming we won't know, and she was correct. (laughs) Second one's even deeper, so... Let's do this. We're ready. Okay, so my second one is from 1956, and it is a murder ballad, um, which... Yep, (laughs) don't hear that much often. (laughs) Murder ballad. So... uh, (laughs) It's a beautiful song. <laughs> this is very on brand. Yeah, I go from chipmunks to murder ballads. It's kind of, you know, I'm a full spectrum kind of gal. Um, so, so it actually has its origins in, I found out it's from 1683 from an English ballad. Um, and then it was made in Ireland in the 19th century. And then it kind of was covered a few times in the very early, like 1920s, 1930s by country, like acts and everything. But the people who really brought it to the forefront, um, it's the Leuven brothers, Knoxville girl. And it is, it's a dark, dark song. Um, it's basically, they're singing about, they go into the woods with this girl that they know and 
they basically knock her down, murder her, and throw her into a river. Um, it's dark as fuck, but it's beautiful. There's this gorgeous mandolin that goes through it, which you don't hear as much in country music now, but you used to hear a lot more uh, back then. Um, and the biggest thing about it is they have something that is called blood harmony. Um, and it's when like you're with your immediate family, generally siblings and stuff, um, and your voices are so harmonic and in tune with each other. It's almost like you're harmonizing with each other. Um, it's kind of like this effortless thing that you kind of, you can't really reproduce people who aren't like born close in age and are singing together their whole lives. Like you can't really reproduce it. Uh, some of it has to do with genetics. Um, just the fact that you have the same tone, um, and they do this thing where one will sing and the other one will come in in the chorus, but they'll actually take the high and the other one goes low, but it's so fluid that you can't even tell that they've totally changed who's singing what. Um, so, I mean, you see that with like, with like the Everly brothers or the Osmonds, um, the Beach Boys, the Wilson brothers in that group, you'll see it there. Uh, the Bee Gees, um, Jamie's from Say Lannister. What was that? Yeah, yes, very harmonious, those two. <laughs> um, but like Jackson 5, or or nowadays you might see with like Haim, you know? So I mean, yeah. it's, it's definitely still around and it's still a thing and it's not anything that you can, it's not anything that's teachable. So I just think it's really fucking cool. So, and I love the song. Can I propose something? And this will be a first for Planet Fantasy. We're going to pause this podcast real quick. We're going to listen to this song. Because <laughs> clearly oh, none of us have heard the song, cover. but I really want to hear this murder ballad. Do you want I'm me to stop you. recording so we can all listen to it? I can hear I'm murder. I'm going to send you the album cover too because it's a fucking trip. Because I don't think we can play it on <laughs> the podcast. No, we'll, we'll, be, we'll get hit by the copyright gods yeah. so we'll be right back we're gonna go listen to a murder ballad <laughs> <laughs> so i am now in love with murder ballads <laughs> that is my review of the set song <laughs> leah has won the draft and we're all going home now goodbye um kyle how do you feel about the knoxville girl what a journey uh yeah i'm gonna listen to this song for the rest of my life uh immediately so you know the first thing i thought of and this is a very niche reference i don't know if you're listening you you've seen this show and you're gonna get this or you haven't but there's a sketch in the show i think you should leave uh in season one where these guys are recording a new like a country ballad or whatever and tim robinson jumps in with like these ridiculous lyrics like and then there were skeletons and their bones were made of ash and just starts throwing in some wild shit. And that's what this made me think of because it immediately just takes that left turn. <laughs> I'm so here for it. Amazing song. You won the draft. Congratulations. <laughs> Ryan, are you are you a fan of the murder ballad? Uh, yeah. I mean, how can you not? It's okay to it? say no. <laughs> it's, um, I... I'm really not sure what to say. To be honest. <laughs> um, it's a yeah, weird I mean, song. I, it, it is. Uh, it, I mean, you know, they get you give it to them. They can sing. Um, the the musical elements are definitely there. It's uh, just wow. I, I guess I have to thank you, Leah, because I may or may not have a, a controversial pick coming up, but I'm not sure if people are controversial at this point. So 
There you go. For you. Um, I just would like to say that all this is done now is now I want people to write murder ballads about different horror movies and and stuff. <laughs> there needs to be murder ballads about about movies now. Absolutely. I need a I mean, Freddy murder ballad oh, right now. We need something better than one, two, Freddy's coming for you. I mean, come on. We need something more upbeat. <laughs> exactly. More mandolins, obviously. More yes. mandolins. Not, more not blood harmony. Mandolins. That's what we need. <laughs> yeah. I mean, more mandolins, less murder? Like, can, can <laughs> I'm down with that. All right. Well, I don't think we can top that but i'm going to try to because we're back to me oh man yeah, good luck, okay dude. yeah thanks bud uh i was well, really worried someone was going to pick that so i don't know just, why <laughs> just missed my list <laughs> okay so this one is i laugh every time I like the fact that this was one of the more most popular like first generation rock and roll songs because like you listen to it and it's like this is this is pop music but it, it's a different decade it's it's really the birth of of rock and, and you're really getting them really flexing their their rock muscles so to say and really figuring out what kind of a direction they want to go and, and this band was very modest it was very 50s um and they were super, super popular at the time. And this song was just everywhere. It was all around the clock. While you're rocking around the clock. Uh, Bill Haley and his Comets. Such a weird band name also. Like, you know, you have like everyone like, you know, the Supremes and, and all that. But Bill Haley's like, no, these are my Comets. Not the Comets. They're, they're mine. I need everyone to know that. Um, Haley's Comet. That's... That's the joke. <laughs> I know. Should have gone with the bird. But it's still such a weird name to just do that. Like we were talking about the ownership part, the his comets, right? Oh, like they're Bill his comets. The Got it. Yeah. Right. Right. Very possessive. It, it really <laughs> is. Um, but this song, I mean, it, it's so fun. You know, um, it, it it definitely very much feels like a '50s song. Um, I don't know. I, I just really like it. It's very, very simple and fun and infectious. And that's my pick. Uh, Kyle, do you like the song? I do. Yeah, it, it's simple as the name of the game. Like it's, it's it wasn't on my list, but I'm glad it's gotten picked because it's it is like one of those quintessential 50s, you know, songs. Um, yeah, it, it it's I feel like the 50s and the 60s are where you could really get away with the most simple, like, repetition of lyrics and stuff. I mean, you can kind of get away with it now, but, like, it's just funny. It's funny going back to these songs and looking at the lyrics, but it, it worked. I mean, it was it was all about the the jive of it or whatever, um, and it's great. I, you know, Bill Haley and his independent comics, comets who live their own lives and, and have their own uh, autonomy uh they they really nailed it with this one <laughs> they deserve to be on their own damn their own person their own galactic things spheres exactly their own entities <laughs> uh leah are you a fan 
Um, I love the song. Uh, it also makes me think of Blackboard Jungle, uh, which people went batshit crazy for. You wouldn't think that this is the song that people were freaking out about, um, both the adults and teenagers for very different reasons. Um, <laughs> but people went fucking crazy because of the song, because of that movie, because it was showing teenagers just out of control. Um I mean, and then you look at him and you're like, that is a middle-aged white man with a guitar around a larger waist. <laughs> he Why was like 28. He was like 28. <laughs> He's younger than me right now. He looks like, he looked like he was 50. He looked younger so than old. Bran. Younger than Bran. He looked so old though. I, I, maybe he was comparison to the teenagers that were swarming around him, but like he looked, he looked very old. So. And they were freaking out about him. So I enjoyed it. You know, that's the thing about the old days. You'll see it in, in sports. Ryan can attest, like, older athletes, like, look old. Mm -hmm. Like, they just look like, oh, yeah, those 25-year-olds. Like, they look like they're, like, 45. And yeah. They probably already had, like, four kids and a mortgage. Like, yeah. yeah. And they were just, they like, chain-smoking cigarettes, like, during awesome. halftime. You, you didn't make that much, you know, at the time. So they were like plumbers in the off season. It's like, oh, yeah. baseball's over. Time to go, you know, work at the, you know, electrician or whatever it was. So. <laughs> that was Bill Haley right there. Bill Haley was a plumber or something. Part-time plumber. <laughs> Full-time rock god. It's cool. All around the clock, just plumbing away. <laughs> <laughs> One, two, three, four, plumb o'clock rock. Um, okay, enough of that. Uh, Ron, are you a fan of this song? I am. I, I really like this song. Um, this one was on my board. Um, it's it's a good choice. Um, that ironically, the the first time I heard it was like so when we were kids. My little brother had an Elmo toy, uh, Elmo with a guitar, and for some reason, this was one of the songs <laughs> that you get to hear when you play it. Um, I don't know. I guess it helps you count. So. Like, yeah, I don't know. But um, that was my first introduction to the song. Um, but, yeah, I do have a, a good appreciation of it. It's it's definitely a, a, an early rock classic. So uh, it's I'm not surprised that it got picked. All right. Well, that means we are moving right along to Kyle's next pick. You brought us a movie, a movie song last time from Cinderella. What you got for us this time? All right. Leah, you've got me pegged. I'm going to just go ahead and get out of the way. It's put your head on my shoulder. Paul Anka. <laughs> Look, I mean, you got to either just recognize your brand and just steer into the skid or reinvent yourself. And I'm not smart enough to reinvent myself. So it's got to be this one. Look, it's a great song. It's it's great. It's, it's uh, it's you know, he released it in 59. Um, I don't listen to a lot of Paulinka. This is really like the one song that I go back to a lot. Uh, but it is. It's great. It's classic. It, it again, is that vibe that apparently I, I love. <laughs> it's just the song you want to dance to. You know, it's just it's simple and it's sweet and it's got some great lyrics and it's got replay value, too. It's one of those that's just got to like it kind of sets you at ease and you can play it at any point in the song. It's kind of the same, the same vibe. So yeah, I have a brand and I, I refuse to just to veer from it whatsoever. <laughs> right. Kyle, the prom queen. I am the prom queen. And I love it. I love this song. I actually thought about drafting it once y'all mentioned it. 
Because I, I was like, wait a second. Is this a 50 song? I thought it was a 60 song. And I was like, man, I want to draft it. But I did not want to ruin what just happened. So I'm so glad I didn't because that was great. <laughs> just amazing moment. I love it. This is a fantastic song. Uh, Leah, how do you feel about this? Um, so maybe you guys can help me. There is a movie I always think of with this song. Um, and it's it's obviously it's a prom dance scene. Um, but it's a weird movie. And I feel like it's like a 90s band that's covering it. And the winner of the prom, you think it's like between like these two girls that are in the movie, but it turns out the winner is this one. No, it's still a tie because it's this girl with two heads that ends up winning. And they changed the lyrics to the song to say, put your heads on my shoulder. And it's what I always <laughs> think of. And I cannot think of the fucking name right now. <laughs> well, you, you've got my Google search like... <laughs> Yeah, I've got to find this Going and immediately crazy. watch it. That I sounds like, And I feel like it's Good Charlotte that maybe does the song. Oh, even better. Of course I know, are. right? <laughs> <laughs> but I always think Is of it? that scene. Well, you said Not two heads and Good Charlotte. <laughs> oh! That's, yeah. With our boy Chris Evans. <laughs> <laughs> Makes uh, perfect sense. Yeah. <laughs> That's a underrated movie. Mm -hmm. Oh. Yeah. That's always my immediate thought is heads on my shoulder. So yeah. I'm a fan. <laughs> Ryan, are you are you a fan? I am. I uh jeez. Lee is just killing it with this draft and that wasn't even her pick, so like <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, I, I am a fan. Um, this one wasn't on my board. Um, and again, I'm, I'm glad that we're not uh, overlapping a bunch. Um, but yeah, it's it's a, it's a good song. I'm definitely good for that sort of like promy, like dance genre type song. So it's, a, it's a, the, another solid pick by Kyle. It really is. Um, as the EDM head here, I'll have to say this is another song that uh, it's has a lot of really really great remixes and covers uh in the in the electronic world so look those up those are great and yeah um i love this song so I'm glad it got picked even though i didn't realize it was in the 50s also so. it was definitely good charlotte just checked so perfect <laughs> that movie was I like so most <laughs> like early 2000s movie ever Really I love runs. it though. I think it still holds up. I mean, Chris Evans in the whipped cream bikini was so good. <laughs> oh man, her with the vibrator in the beginning. And just... <laughs> it's so good. And they just take her glasses off. It's like, oh yeah, yeah. You're, you're you're beautiful. And she like can't see anything. I feel like I comment about people like saying like, oh my god, you have paint on your shoes. Like pretty much like twice a week. <laughs> like I don't know why. But my favorite part, which is very very like politically incorrect in so many ways, but I can't help but laugh. Janie's got a gun. Oh, oh my god, Janie. Janie's like it, it's so bad, but I can't help but laugh every time. Um. <laughs> Everyone go watch that movie. It's it's great. Um, all right, let's move along to the last pick of round five. And we're back to Ryan. What you got for us? Yeah, okay. Um, 
So I mentioned I had a bit of a controversial pick, and I guess I'm going with that one, although it's not a murder song, so I guess it's got that going for it. <laughs> uh, or against it, I mean. Yeah, yeah that, that's a good point. Um, it is another Christmas song because I'm continuing my brands. Um, and it's uh, Baby It's Cold Outside, uh, the Dean Martin version from 1959. Um, which is, and it's weird because, like, the song is famously a duet song, but when I looked it up, I couldn't find a specific um, woman that they credited with the other song. It just says Dean Martin and female chorus. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. That's tough um, Sounds yeah, it, it pretty is. on brand um, for the 50s. Yeah. Um, it, but yeah, I mean, it's one of, um, again, one of the most iconic Christmas songs. Um, probably the most famous version of this song. It's either this one or the uh, Michael Buble, Adina Menzel version uh, more, much more recently. Um, yeah, it's, um, I mean, you know, everybody knows the, the controversy of the, the song and the lyrics and the themes and all that. Um, but, you know, musically, it is a really good song. Um, the, the back and forth is good. Uh, it's got a nice flow to it and um, just sounds good. So, yeah, that, uh, that is my pick. All right. We will be back with this interesting take after the break. And we're back. Uh, last pick of round five. And Ryan just drafted a you know a possibly controversial pick baby it's cold outside it, it is a very good version uh the song it's a good song objectively as far as the the build of it you know it's very rhythmic it has a good tone the it's catchy okay there's a reason why it's been so popular um yeah it's not my favorite lyrics of all time ever you know but it was popular for a reason, so it is a good song, but I definitely don't think I would have been on my board if I had thought about Christmas songs. That's all. Leah, are you a fan? Uh, I am, I will say. Um, I do understand the controversy. Uh, I mean, it's not it's not even controversy. It's just, you know, cold hard facts at this point. Um, but I do understand its place in history. Um, it really blows. I didn't know that about the fact that it didn't even have, it didn't credit anybody. That's really fucked up. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I, I use Wikipedia. So like, that's also not always the greatest source. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, a deeper dive, you might be able to find something, but like you, yeah. that is a huge song. Like there should be something there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it has been done. Um, there's definitely other versions uh, that, that I have enjoyed over the years. I can't lie. Um, I do enjoy the music behind it. Um, I think that even without the lyrics and stuff, I think the music is very, very like a Betty Boop kind of thing, which I do like that. Um, and and yeah, so. Kyle? Uh, uh, I love a good duet. I, yeah, I mean... You guys have already covered it. Obviously, there's problematic lyrics to the song, um, but I love a good duet. I think any song that kind of trades back and forth like that is always fun. Uh, obviously, it makes me think of Elf. Um, <laughs> I've got mixed feelings on Elf, too, just in the last few years, but I do love that scene of of Buddy and, and Jody, you know, duetting it. Uh, yeah, it, if anything, it, like, breeds a chance to 
duet and that's always fun and dean martin is obviously an icon so for that alone it's it's a great pick and i love more obviously i love more christmas uh representation in the draft so <laughs> more christmas songs this could have been a whole christmas draft i think now looking back yeah all right ryan so that was the last pick of round five now we're at round six uh your last pick you have a very very stacked board i believe in my opinion so bring it on home what you got for us yeah so i'm gonna go with one um that is uh i think it's it's thought of as a a very traditional song for this era um I was going back and forth between this one and Rock Around the Clock, and so Damon made that easy by just picking it. Um, so I will go with uh, Yappy Yap by the Coasters uh, from 1959. So, yeah, just really, like, um, besides the other ones that we've mentioned, this is really what I feel like is a prototypical 1950s song, just, you know, when you're out at, you know, at the sock hop or the diner, um, just sort of bopping. Um, this is like the song that I picture that's that's sort of on in the background. So just a really, really good, really catchy, really fun um, song. This is one of my favorite fun songs of the of the older days of the 50s and 60s. And I get vivid memories of hearing it on like a multitude of different things as a kid. But one of my biggest memories was I believe it was on Tiny Tunes. <laughs> uh, and like they were doing like a, a song like they were doing like some weird like song music video list and this was one of the songs on it for some reason it was like and it was a man it's been so long i can't even think of their names it was uh the blue bunny um and he had buster. to be he, yeah buster and he had to like take out the trash like he, he just had to be kept being told to do things from his dad <laughs> and uh, yeah that, i just vividly remember that for some reason but it's such a fun song, such fun lyrics. Kyle, are you a fan? Uh, I am, yeah. Uh, you mentioned Tiny Tunes. I just, maybe because of recency bias, I think of Vision <laughs> in WandaVision. I'm pretty sure he sings this in one of the episodes. Uh, obviously, one of the first ones when they're still in that 50s theme. Um, I love it. This is one, I mean, the fact that I admit, like a 2021 show is still, you know, like using the song. It, it is, it, like Ryan said, it's a very prototypical 50s uh, song. Um, yeah, it, even just in the terminology alone, like yakety yak is such a 50s term. Uh, so I love that. This is a, it's a really solid way to finish off a very impressive board. Like this is a great board, Ryan. Leia, are you a fan of Yakety Yak? Uh, yeah, I mean, it makes me think of driving around uh, the military base with my grandmother. Uh, we'd always listen to 1950s music. And this one and Charlie Brown were like two of her favorites. Um, so <laughs> I think just like, you know, she like the when it would go like to the deep voice, the baritone part was always uh, the most fun part to to try to imitate in the car and stuff like that. So it brings back very fond memories. Man, I, I'm just trying not to sing Charlie Brown right now. <laughs> I, I, love, I, I love that song. <laughs> uh, the coasters are great. I'm a big fan of coasters. Mm-hmm. No drink rings at all. <laughs> um, that is a fantastic pick, though. Kyle, um, you've already said what you thought, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's just me being high. 
But that's a great pick. And that means we're going to move along to Kyle's last pick. And which prom song do you have for us this time? Oh, can we guess? Do you guys want to guess? guess Let's um, play guess don't know if it's song. from the 50s without looking, but I'm going to... Oh, wait, no. You already picked that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like after the murder ballad, we're all just a little like off kilter right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, now all I have in my head is is Earth Angel, so I don't think I can get uh, that one out. So yeah, I'm going to go with okay. in the still of the night. Oh, that's a good one. It's a good guess, Ryan. Do you have any guesses? Uh, I don't. I'm I'm like tapped out on fifties music. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I I can't think of anything else. So yeah. Oh wait, right. did you do only you? I did not. Okay. Oh wait, you did a different you did a different platter song. That's what it was. Yes, yeah. Uh, so uh, half of my personality is prom songs. The other half is what I've already drafted: uh, Disney songs. So my last <laughs> one is the other Disney song. I have Cinderella. I'm gonna go with Once Upon a Dream from Sleeping Beauty. Uh, Bill Shirley and Mary Costa. It is the kind of the, the main love theme from the uh, the movie um between aurora and i always forget the fucking prince's name prince yeah prince philip that's that's the one um yeah it's it's great i this is one that i typically don't like these modern covers of all these old disney songs but lana del rey has a cover of this that is fucking incredible uh she recorded it for maleficent a few years ago and it's just it's it suits her voice perfectly um but it's a great song i once again, yeah, the two halves of my personality are, are prom songs and Disney songs, which are really basically prom songs just in a fantastical setting. So there we go. <laughs> Ryan, are you a fan of this song? Yeah, I am. Um, it's it's good. Uh, I, I do like it. Um, I'm, I'm glad Kyle mentions I love, love, love the Lana Del Rey version of this song. And I almost just sort of forget about the original because of like how different the songs are. Um, but it's yeah, it's really good. Um, it's a really nice song, and I, I enjoy Sleeping Beauty. Um, so yeah, it's it's a solid pick. Yeah, this song is is a good one. I really enjoy this one. Uh, it's one of my probably favorite songs of the older Disney Disney movies. You know, probably stretching from there to the seventies. I would say pretty comfortably. Uh, Leah, you a fan? I am. I do like Sleeping Beauty a lot more than Cinderella. Um, and this one is just, uh, I don't know. I think it's, I think I feel like in Cinderella, like they don't use the color red. And like, I like the red. So like when you do Sleeping Beauty, you see like the red of like Prince Philip and the hat and everything like that. So I think that that has a lot to do with why I, that one's more appealing color wise. Um, I've actually never heard the Lana Del Rey one. So I'll have to go check that out. Really um, yeah, definitely. but yeah, I, I, I do love that movie. So. Dame Hartman, did this one make it onto the, the, the rankings of songs or did you? <laughs> so I, I, what I realized in error earlier, I, I would like to state a retraction. Um, the only reason I didn't have it listed is because I had to cut my list down to make room in my notes. Oh, that's right. You know, I remember that because you had said that before posting it. Okay. So I had them all ranked, okay? But I had to start, I cut down like it to like the top 80. So. Yeah, that's right. Okay. So it just didn't make the top 80. 
Yeah. <laughs> Disney has a lot of songs. And like That's true. It's some truly amazing songs. Yeah. Which will maybe probably get drafted maybe in some other decades. We'll see. We'll we'll maybe see. But yes, that, that finishes Kyle's draft of Disney and prom songs. Um I dig it. That means we come along to my last pick. Um I have Johnny Be Good, Walk the Line, Shout, Deo, and Rock Around the Clock. All pretty pretty fun, energetic songs, except for I'd say Walk the Line, and even then it, it has a more of an upbeat tempo. Um to go with my last song, there's still so many good ones. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I'm going to do this since I did not get Tutti Fruity. I'm getting me a Little Richard song because I love Little Richard. And he deserves two songs because he had some amazing songs. And good golly, Miss Molly. And she needs to be picked in this draft. And that's my song. Um, It's just as energetic as Tutti Fruity. It's super fun. Um, Honestly, I could draft all of his songs and i'd be happy but you know uh this this is a a relatively close second for for his songs i think uh it'd probably be tutti fruity good golly miss smalley and then long tall sally like i love long tall sally i thought about that also Mm -hmm. because i love richard so that's (laughs) my pick that's my board leia what do you think I love it. You can't go wrong with more Little Richard. Um, Long Tall Sally was definitely uh, way up there on mine board as well. I only went with Tutti Fruity because it came out first. Um, and it was seemed to be the more, like, iconic one. But Good Golly Miss Molly is, it's it's perfect. Like, it, it still has all of his energy. And the man can play a piano like nobody's fucking business. Like, it's, yeah, it's fantastic. So, Ron, you a fan? Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, um, Little Richard definitely deserves at least two songs. Um, so I'm glad that he got another one. Um, yeah, it's it, it's great. Uh, like Leah said, um, his piano playing is just phenomenal. And so um, he really mixed that well into uh, his music. And um, yeah, it's a, it's a great choice. And yeah, you've got a, a stack draft there yourself. So well, thank you, Kyle. You a fan? I am. Yeah, the more Little Richard, the better. Um, this song was ranked, I don't know how updated this is, but it was ranked number 94 on the Rolling Stones 500 Greatest Songs of All Time. Um, and it was recorded, as I'm sure most of his songs were, it was recorded in a studio in New Orleans. So just those two things alone <laughs> put it up for me. But yeah, I mean, you can't get wrong with Little Richard, and this is a, this is a great pick. Some of the best songs ever recorded in New Orleans. That's right. Just a fact. Just, just a fact. You can't argue with it. I mean, yeah, that's nope. fair. All right. Well, I've got my little Richard, and now we're to Leah. Last pick of the draft. Oh, I don't know. Um, and you've given us some fun, some fun ones here. I mean, you gave us a murder ballad and a Chipmunks Christmas song, <laughs> and in between a song about you know moonshine. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um. Ah, okay, I'm gonna go with my gut, and it's. It's 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 probably another one that you guys have never heard of, but it's fucking fine. Um, it's not a murder ballad. Uh, so this one's actually from 1952, so earlier than pretty much all my other ones. Um, 
It's by a guy that was actually really huge at the time, and he's actually been referenced in a bunch of other songs over the years, um, but no one really remembers him, um, except for maybe like our our parents and, and our grandparents. Um, but I mean, okay, so everybody knows uh, the song Come On Eileen, right? By Midnight mm-hmm. Dixieland Runners. Yeah. Um, so the first, it opens up, it says, poor old Johnny Ray sounded sad upon the radio, moved a million hearts in mono. So my pick is actually Johnny Ray. He was an artist in the 50s, um, and my pick is Johnny Ray Cry. Um, He was huge, and they actually, a lot of people say that he influenced, you know, he influenced Elvis, Morrissey, Leonard Cohen, all that fun stuff. And a lot of it was not just his singing and his music, but it was also his stage presence. He was kind of the first person to really be emotional on stage like it was a huge thing the fact that he would take the microphone out of the stand and walk around with it but he did so much more than that he would also roll around on the ground he would cry he was super emotional um and elvis took a lot of his stuff from that um he actually worked in um uh, a black club in detroit i want to say and when they actually first heard him first they thought he was a woman then they were surprised when they found it was a man. And then they were really surprised when they found out it was a white man um, just because of how his voice sounded. Uh, and also he was pretty openly bisexual, which was huge at the time. Um, he was arrested once for, for basically propositioning a cop um, who was in like full cop gear. Um, so that was pretty huge. Um, hey, the heart wants what the heart wants. <laughs> Um, but it's, it's a great song. He gets super, like I said, super emotional in it. It's like two minutes long, but it's just, he sounds, and it's a super interesting voice that he has. He's, he was partially deaf as a child. So that influenced it. Um, and I just, I, I really love his stuff. So yeah. I need to go back in time and do our drain biopics draft. I was and draft just Johnny Gray. That. Yeah. Cause I want a movie about this guy. What oh, story? I would watch that in a heartbeat. Like, absolutely. Like, it sounds like he's one of the first, like, pioneers of, like, like rock, like, what a rock star should be like on yeah, stage. On stage presence, yeah. Like, that's such a big part of it. Like, you know, we're getting, like, the the, the flamboyancy and the energy from, like, you know, little Richard and, and Chuck Berry, but this is, like, the, the presence and, like, the moving around and, and just, like, the theatricality of it. Um, I love that. Um, I want to go and listen to this song. I'm going to after this uh, podcast is over. Uh, we won't do a mid-drop pause again. But, it's um, not a murder ballad. <laughs> so that's- I've, never, I've never heard of this guy. And, like, apparently, like, yeah, like, all these things I'm reading, he was one of the biggest musical stars in the world. And it's like, what? And, like, why is he not remembered anymore? As, He's you know, the, like um- everyone else. Uh, Billy Joel's We Didn't Start the Fire, he's right there in, like, the first verse. Like, I mean, he's in that. Billy Idol has him in a song. Van Morrison, Eartha Kitt. Like, it's he's wow. mentioned all over the place, so. He's, like, our favorite, like, artist's favorite artist. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, I, mean, it, it I love that. Help if... What was that, Ryan? I was going to say, it would help if we didn't start the fire, didn't mention like 7 million different things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't remember all of those. Um, Ryan, are, are you, have you heard of Johnny Ray before? Uh, I 
had not. Um, obviously, I, I'm familiar with Come On Eileen, and um, so I, I, I do hear that now that uh, Leah mentioned it. And, um, I mean, like, the list of people that he influenced is just, you know, like, the, the top of the top. So, um, clearly, he was uh, really good and really talented, so I, I will definitely have to check out some of his work. Kyle? Yeah, same here. This is this is crazy. We're all having this moment. Like, Come on, Eileen is one of my favorite songs of all time. So now just putting that together is like, holy shit, that's Johnny Ray. Uh, this is, yeah, this is so cool. I immediately want to go listen to his music and this song in particular. Um, Tony Bennett called him the father of rock and roll, which is no small thing because it's Tony Bennett. So that's that's huge. But I love the way you were describing, like the way he pioneered kind of moving around on stage, because that's a huge thing. And having that stage presence, um, obviously, that influenced like everything going forward. Uh, yeah, I'm so intrigued by this. Want to go listen to his music. That's a, a great way to finish the draft with this artist I've never heard of. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Because, I mean, we wanted to define the 50s and it's, it feels like mentioning this guy who was you know it sounds almost like a lost a lost star of the 50s uh you know maybe this will bring more uh more recognition to him so yeah i, I love that and with that we conclude this draft that was a that was a good first one guys uh i think we covered a lot of amazing iconic songs uh y'all want to mention any honorable mentions real quick Got I got some, yeah. 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 Absolutely. Go ahead first. Who's that? Me or Leah? Oh, Leah, you can go ahead first. Okay. Um, a couple of the bigger ones that I wanted uh, that I was going back and forth this was uh, Money by Barrett Strong. It was the very first Motown record. Um, and it came out like 1959. It was recorded in 1959, it came out in 1960. So that's how I was going to try to cheat that one. Um, that one was huge. Uh, and also, you know, a cover of it was Empire Records, which I fucking love that movie. So, um, and then other than that, uh, Buddy Holly, Every Day, uh, Why Do Fools Fall in Love, Frankie Lyman, um, Patsy Cline, Walking After Midnight, um, I Want to Be Evil by Eartha Kitt is so good. It's a little feminist anthem. Um, I've Got You Under My Skin, Frank Sinatra, and uh, Mary Wells, You Beat Me to the Punch is one of my favorites. So, Nice. Ryan, you got any you wanted to mention that you almost drafted? Yeah, so there were two. Um, you Send Me uh, by Sam Cooke. Um, oh, so yeah, it was a really good one. His first, like, poppy kind of um, song. Um, but really, this is just a section for me to vent about um, Frankie Valley and Frank Sinatra not having like more of their hits in the '60s and the '50s. Yes. I definitely, mm-hmm. I definitely associated them with the '50s and found out a lot of their stuff is in the '60s. Like my favorite Sinatra is "Fly Me to the Moon," and that just missed this decade. Um, yep. He did have "Come Fly with Me," which was '58, which was on my board, um, but ended up not going with it. But yeah, I was super bummed when I realized that a lot of Sinatra's catalog was after the 50s. So. I dig it. Kyle, you got any you want to mention? Yeah, I only had a couple. Um, I had Mac the Knife by Bobby Darin. Um, really great song. Uh, I also had Eartha Kitt, I Want to Be Evil. Just fucking love her. <laughs> She's just an icon. Um, and then I 
the same way. I only had those, and then everything else was like, oh, that's 60s, like Frank Sinatra and Frankie Valley, especially Frankie Valley, because I'm a huge, like, expect that next time. I'm a huge Frankie Valley fan. So next time I might just get six songs from him. But yeah, that was pretty <laughs> much it. <laughs> um, I, I almost drafted Ain't That a Shame, Fats Domino. That's a great one. Fats. Uh, yeah. La Bamba. Oh, great song. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also had Why Do Fools Fall in Love. I can't believe, I forgot he was freaking like 14 years oh, old. a baby. Yeah. A baby. All of them were kids. Mm-hmm. Like the dude yeah. who does the really big bass, like boom, boom, boom. Like that's a, <laughs> that's a kid. Oh man. Uh, tequila. One of the best songs of all time. <laughs> but uh, oh, yeah. there was nothing else. Song, Kyle, what's doing? <laughs> Had it in my, in my head all day today too. <laughs> uh, Jambalaya. On the bayou, mm, Hank Williams, mm, um, and yeah, and then of course I had Long Tall Sally on my on my board also, and uh, Roll Over Beethoven by Chuck Berry. So I think we covered a good wide range of of music though. Like I'm, I love that there's some yeah. jazz representation, some country some in country. there. Yeah, some Christmas. You know, like Christmas, this is a very a wide draft. <laughs> Uh, the Monster Mash didn't come out in the 50s, right? We, we didn't miss on the Monster Mash, did we? Oh, my because, God. Oh, please, please say it I didn't come out in the 50s. Oh. I gotta go look It might be 60s. I'm thinking 60s, but... That was my thought. Let me see. Yeah, it's 1962. Oh, 62. thank God. Okay. okay. Oh, thank God. We missed that bullet. <laughs> we'll make sure it's, it's uh, taken care of in the next uh, decade. Yeah. But that was fun. Oh, thank you all so much for joining us. Um, I didn't know how it was going to go. Music is, a, you know, an interesting topic. And mm-hmm. songs that define a whole decade is, is hard and difficult. So I'm, I feel like we did a good job. Uh, thanks, guys. Y'all thank great. you. Did y'all want to yeah. say anything before yeah, you go? I said thank you. It was I, super fun. So. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it was great. And I, I thought it turned out really well. And like I kept mentioning, I'm glad that we didn't just like overlap on the same like 10 songs. So Yeah, for sure. That's never fun. Uh, all right. Well, yeah, I had a great time, guys. I hope y'all keep listening. Kyle, you have anything else for the people at home? No, just enjoy this episode. When this is posted, we're going to be posting a big old Spotify playlist with this of all these songs, as with every decade. So enjoy that. Um, yeah. Next week, we're going to be hitting you with uh, another episode of the Effies talking about Shang-Chi. We've got a lot, of to- a lot to talk about because the movie was fucking great. So go see it before next week so you can listen to the episode because we're going to be spoiling the heck out of it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we'll catch you guys next week. See y'all.